the Republican leader and I have come to an arrangement. We will vote today to reopen the government to continue no negotiating a global agreement with the commitment that if an agreement isn't reached by February the 8th, the Senate will immediately proceed to consideration of legislation dealing with DACA. The process will be neutral and fair to all sides. You're listening to The Devil's Advocate, where we talk about news and current events. I'm your host, Brandon Condit. And I'm also your host, Mitchell Hernandez. Our goal at The Devil's Advocate is to provoke thought by introducing viewpoints and information that isn't readily available in the mainstream media. It's in truth a conversation where an independent liberal, like myself, and an independent conservative, like myself, can share different viewpoints without the typical disdain for one another we see all too often in politics. So with that, let's get started. So Democrats get the guarantee that there will be an immigration debate in the Senate unfolding over the next few weeks. Republicans get to fund the government beyond the State of the Union. Democrats have previously been pushing for just a couple days of funding to continue talks over immigration. But it does set up a very concentrated series of deadlines in early February on legislation, so we could very well be revisiting this conversation again. On the House side, a vote is expected later this afternoon. The House Republican Conference passed this without any Democratic votes last week, so that could very well be the scenario that we see repeat itself today. Uh, But that immigration debate is going to heat up when the policies begin uh, taking more shape as these bipartisan, bicameral talks get back underway once the government is refunded. Alrighty, and we are back. Um, Frank is actually taking the week off this week. He had his sister um, gave birth a couple days ago, and so he is doing some family things with his with his new nephew. So congratulations to Frank, and yes. um, and all that good stuff. We have got, uh, and I guess that's that should bring me to my thing too. You 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 remember that when we started the show about a year ago, um, I was really really close to expecting my first child. Well, a year later. I am still really <laughs> close to expecting my second child. So this will be an annual thing until he has like ten kids, right? Or until <laughs> we, or until we hit one million subscribers. So come on, guys! There we go. I like <laughs> save my budget. Um, <laughs> no. So, so the reason I'm bringing that up though is because the our due date is in early to mid March, um, like the first week and a half of March, and I don't know, you know, these things aren't necessarily schedulable, so there could be a week coming up in the next several, in the next few, um, where we have an unexpected missed episode, and, you know, that's... Just the way it goes. Yeah, that's probably going to happen, because, like, even... Even if I just took the week off, like I don't know that I'd have time to sit down and edit it while while I'm doing all that stuff, and I don't think that should be my first priority. So just know right. that if uh, if we miss an episode coming up here in the next like 
five, six weeks. Um, that's probably what happened, and then I'll, I'm sure that'll be confirmed shortly thereafter. So, um, so yeah, there's that. We have some corrections to make this week. Yep, um, I gotta make one for Claire McCaskill, who I threw yeah. under the fucking bus. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> put Why that is it bus in reverse you making corrections, forward. Mitch? Is it because you're always wrong? No, it's because I correct myself. All you guys just like <laughs> we'll edit it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's true. Like I'm, I'm actually gonna come clean here. I'm just not gonna apologize. <laughs> Ask Alabama. Um, so there we go. But yeah, you you did throw her under the bus, and you I did. Were I had. Yeah, what happened was I looked at a list of the people who uh, and how they voted on the CR. And it didn't have her listed as saying uh, – as voting yes for it. So I had assumed she voted no with most of the other Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, later the, later they updated it, and I, I saw that they had corrected it and everything like that. So that sucked. I kind of went into it going, this fucking – god damn it, she didn't fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it wasn't true. Uh, so – Seeing as that was a stickler issue for me, because as I stated during the segment, I think that if you are in government and that's one of your biggest concerns, you have to pass a budget. You need to fund the government. You're in the government. And if you vote to not fund the government over a non-budgetary issue, to me, that is a non-starter. That's something where I think that you've now lost your privilege of your salary (laughs) and your government, you know, your government position. Uh, but she, seeing as she did, and, and I actually called in. I don't know if, if I'm, I'm sure I said that during the segment, but I had called in and let them know, hey, she needs to vote yes on this. Um, mm. And obviously, because of how much I, I mentioned our name and have all the clout that we carry, she immediately changed her uh, her position. <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah. like to think. I, I don't know if that's true, but that could They're be. They're not news. even getting paid for advertisers yet. I should worry. <laughs> that's right. No, so I yeah, um, so I, I switch back my position now that uh, I've got the correct information, and as as long as nothing changes, I fully intend to vote for Claire McCaskill. An she R is, is voting for a D. Come uh, yeah, the midterms, I do I do see a lot of people online when it comes to Claire McCaskill talking about how oh this is election year politics. This is I don't think it is though. Uh, not not specific things. I I truly believe that she that her position on net neutrality was the the popular 95% of the country's opinion right. on net neutrality. I believe that was a the real position she took. I also think too the last time or I know that the last time the government shut down when Ted Cruz shut it down that she fought for mil- the military to not lose yeah. their paychecks. She's on it. the man, I can't remember what what committee she's on, but she's on a military committee she, and yeah, she, she's always done a military, great job for that. Yeah, the military is actually very important to her and that's not uh, that's not election year politics. And you notice too when she she voted f- um to keep the government open and when it did shut down for all 3 hours that it was shut down, she don't she says she would donate her salary to military charities and and whatnot so like i think that the military and she tried to continue funding the military she tried to separate that from the rest of the budget bill and say let's just pass this uh now uh, a lot of um democratic and liberal media was using that to kind of show mitch mcconnell he voted no on it and he did he did shut shoot that down 
but that uh, but was a procedural the, thing, wasn't it? Well, like, if you listen to the to? full comments, no, he could have. He just said, I don't want to start doing this. I don't want to start breaking the budget down until we absolutely have to. It, it's only been a day. Let's give it a few days to see if we can come to a full agreement before we start doing, you know, we st- so, until we start butchering it and then picking and choosing what we want to fund. Let's try to get mm-hmm. it all done. And so that was his speech. But then he said, so I vote no to bringing up a resolution to only fund the military. And that's what they use. They use that segment without playing right. the rest of the explanation for why. So, but again, commendable to Claire McCaskill for putting that priority first. And uh, fuck, I peaked for <laughs> for, yeah. for you yeah, know coming um, forward and saying, well, let's at least get this done because this is what we need to what we need to do. So right. I, again, I can't. I it's hard for me <laughs> to see a scenario right now where. I don't vote for her. I firmly believe that people vote for their interest, and I firmly believe that she, even though she's a Democrat, I think she's learned her lessons in the past. Like, a while there, under Obama, she was just kind of going with whatever the Democrats were doing. I think she's mm-hmm. kind of gone away from that here lately. Uh, so this has turned into a big plug which for Claire that, McCaskill. Which but <laughs> I would say that, that her turning away from that seemingly i think that could play something into election year politics to some well it's it's been over Um, about two and a half years though so i mean it's been a it's been a steady transition Yeah, but all you have to do if your seat's up all you have to do is look at how much trump won your state or lost your state by to know who how you have to appeal to people but again she was doing this for the past two and a half years so it it was well beyond i mean that's when she was doing this whenever everyone was saying trump was gonna lose and She was still like, mm, I don't know. I think I'm going to start moving in this direction. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't, don't know the other I don't guys. Disagree with you. We'll have to see when it gets down to the nitty gritty. It's it's the end of yeah, January, so it's fucking I, coming. I'm surprised that Josh Hawley is not more out there. Um, I know that it's you know we've talked about as an incumbent in in any position, whether you're talking about Congress or the White House or whatever, you you have already more exposure, you already have a record, so it's easier to raise money and it's easier to do whatever. But I would think that the the person that was challenging her, who is also the attorney general of Missouri, um right would i mean he's got some clout he's got some name recognition i would think he would already be seen a lot more i would not think that it's smart to let her get 130 town halls deep (laughs) into campaigning um without actually showing up and saying something so i think he's doing the the in taking his position and viewing himself as an incumbent and saying it's missouri they'll vote red and i think that's a mistake because like i said i'm i pretty republican i'm not conservative but i'm republican i believe in the republican principles and i typically have more in common with the republican candidates she's already won me so he needs to probably come forward and say no this is what i'm going to do differently and if he is because he might just not have anything to contrast against her because she's doing shit that i like (laughs) so he might be wanting to do the same things too and just saying well we'll just save it for you know the midterm when it actually gets down to it you know they're gonna have debates and stuff so We'll see yeah, how it all we'll goes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I think that was the – did we have any other corrections? The only other correction that I that, – it, and it's not even a correction. It was a correction in the last episode that I shouldn't have made if I would have just kept my prediction <laughs> that the shutdown was going to end before the episode came out. That would have been – I yeah. you know, I like and to your well, – I think your, your original thing was before Monday. What? Yeah, your it was. Your original prediction was before Monday. 
But I'm still going to argue that, like, all they did <laughs> was shut the government down until lunch. Like, nothing happened. The government shut down on Friday at 5 and then lost funding at midnight and then reopened at, like, 1 on Monday. Like, everybody right. had a half day. Let's not, like, th- and here's well, the thing. Well, since I put it on I the think... board, let's, uh, let's, so, yeah, obviously we're moving into the first segment, which is shutdown part two. But right. And, and looking the, at the board and, and what I DACA said. fight. Yeah, exactly. Um, I said that as soon as it's either going to be 10 days or when the first polling comes out, and that's exactly what happened. The first polling came out. Independents were clearly against shutting down the government to, uh, to hold out for DACA, and immediately the Democrats were like, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they folded. I, yeah, but here's the, here's the problem I have with the board. I don't like you earmarking predictions on top of each other. Like, when you're <laughs> like, here's what's going to happen. Either we're going to go to nuclear war or we're not. Well, then, yes, exactly. you're probably right. <laughs> That's how I'm going to start making a, my predictions yeah. from now on. Well, I'm saying, like uh, I said, it was either 10 days or the first poll, and uh, again, the first, as soon as they started publishing the polls, that's when they folded, so. Yeah, well, and I think that, I here's the thing that aggravates me. It was it was a stupid move to do on the Democrats' part, and if you're going to do it, at least be convicted enough to do it. Like, don't... It, I agree that it was it was probably the best. Th- it would have been the best case scenario would have been, and what should have happened was they should have cut a damn deal. There's no yeah. reason that they didn't cut a deal before b- before the government shut down. So there should have he never been a, a shutdown. Um, but if you're gonna do it, like. I don't know. I just think that the, they put themselves, Democrats put themselves in a lose-lose position because they they shut it down to appease the far left part of their party, and then when right. they reopened it at tea time, they the <laughs> the left was pissed. Like, well, you just sold exactly. us out, and it was like, yeah. well, what? Why did you do that to yourself? You backed yourself into a corner, and I think they really it, thought. I mean, I think I that, still I still believe that what I said last week that Trump was the reason for the breakdown of negotiations. And it's and hard to say that though because Trump, he stepped back. He he got away from it. He that's what they kept saying. He's not even trying to negotiate one night. He just let the the moderates do it. The moderates are the ones that saved the deal. They came in uh flake uh what was the uh was it Patty Murphy? I can't remember if she was uh involved or not. She's a democrat that's uh big economist and things like that. Um, but they're the ones who really saved the deal and uh, correct me. And I apologize if it wasn't Patty Murphy, it might've been somebody else from the democratic side. That's a moderate, but they're the ones who saved it. Trump backed away. You can away. correct yourself next week. That's, that's <laughs> typical. Right. But I'm probably not going to look it up just to be honest. So if someone else out there is going to look it up, go for it. But Trump backed away. And I think that one of the, the biggest things that it's hard to say, well, it's Trump's fault. Or, or the, it's the Republicans' fault. Uh, I saw no, 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 a, a no. thing I, that was. I, I think that no. what I, my point was just that, like the initial breakdown, the the here's where I think, and I still maintain that it was Trump's fault for bringing General Kelly and Stephen Miller and uh, is his name David Stephen Perdue, Miller, I think. absolutely, I but. Like uh, they General should Kelly not, should be they should not room. have been brought into the negotiation unless it was known up front. That's where I think that the breakdown happened is that they were never part of the negotiations. It was always the bar- bipartisan team of six, and they had talked to Trump 
two hours before going into that meeting, and then all of a sudden these three guys are there, and they were there literally to steamroll it. Um, yeah. I think that's where I go, okay, that was a bad play on Trump's part by not uh, not allowing those six senators to know that Kelly and Miller and friends were going to be there. That was the bad play. Now, yeah. the, Well, it worked the, out for them. I mean, sure, yeah, absolutely. The 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 ball is totally in the Republicans' court right now, and we saw that because of those polls that came out that it just wasn't polling with independents. And right. well, it came out. Know. There was a, a piece of, of market, <laughs> not like marketing, but you know, it was a you know something that you put out on Facebook and whatnot that I thought really started striking a chord with people when I was looking at the comments, which was the Democrats are saying that it's the Republicans that are shutting down the government, but 93% of Republicans have voted yes, where 90% of Democrats have voted no. Who's really right. responsible for the shutdown? And I was like, oh, shit. And, you know, it's kind of hard to argue against that. And then especially yeah. when it, I know a lot of Democrats, or they call themselves independents, and that's fine. They typically tend to lean Democratic, but even they were like, no, we shouldn't be shutting down the government for illegal immigrants. They're illegal. It's okay to want to get a, a pathway to citizenship. It's okay to do right. that, but to and hurt uh, to hurt full Americans for illegal immigrants is not something that we are going to stand behind. Well, and let's be real. As we discussed it, the three of us last week, that it, they didn't shut the government down for illegal immigration. They shut the they shut the government down for political leverage. That's what right. they thought they were doing. It was a political move. It wasn't a it it wasn't a compassionate move. Like they can spin well, it that way yeah. all they want, but this was this was a house of cards moment that just blew up in their Didn't face because they and what, you know, I'm I'm not saying what did Schumer government the last time? Moment. Yeah, because this was a Schumer. This was something that Schumer had basically, uh, you know, puppeteered and, and mastered. I was going to jump through the phone something. and punch you in the face if you would have said Schumer shutdown. Like hashtag Schumer I, shutdown. <laughs> I, I hate those. <laughs> I was so mad when that started happening. Um, hashtag Trump shutdown. It's like, dude, that doesn't even rhyme. It's not going to stick. But. <laughs> right. There, there's no way. Just leave the nicknames to the one guy who's like, that's a, one thing I have faith in Donald Trump on. Like, you're going to get a good zinger. Um, yep. You are a celebrity. So he's just good at that. He's just good at that shit. No, but th something happened earlier in the year, and for, I'm blanking on it, where it basically was like, we're going to give Trump what he wants right now, and then we're going to renegotiate this in December. And we were like, and even Democrats were like, this is, or Republicans were like, this is fucked, because this hands all of the power to Chuck Schumer. That's what he had hoped on. Chuck Schumer had hoped that he was going to be given this power, and right. then it just didn't come to fruition. And then they kicked the can down to, you know, early Jan or late, mid-January. And then again, they're kicking it down again. But this February has to be solved. Yeah, it's uh, got to be solved. And if they can't, and I guess so. Let's go into. Do you want to get predictions on how I think this will play out in the end? Well, let's go to or the new. Let's let's get to the new plan now because they've come out with a Trump has come out with an olive branch of sorts, which no one's calling it that. But basically, his new thing where he's saying, "This is what I want. I want was it twenty five uh, billion for the wall." Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to end chain migration and we're going to switch over to a merit-based Canadian system. There's that plug. And I want to point I'm out too, to... that chain migration is not, you know, like that's not the name of the system. It, no, it's just what people call it. it it's called right. family-based It's kind of like, it's kind of like anchor baby. Like yeah. 
you can, again, it's, you can, it's a term that somebody coined for a purpose, and yeah. you can decide for yourself what that purpose is. But like, it it's called it's, it's called, called immigration, chain. not chain migration. Well, no, there's, there's it's not just immigration. It's family it's our system. based in again, but no, that particular aspect of it is family based incentive. Oh, so I get it. it. I know, yeah, it's, but it, I, what I'm saying is like that's the immigration system. Chain migration does is not a term that actually means anything except for the people who are saying it and who know yeah. what they mean by it. Again, it, it's kind of like if for all of those D and D players and RPG rollers out there, chain lightning. You get one, you get a whole bunch of them. That's the See, same that way that even, this works. That was even too nerdy for me. I did not play long enough. Oh my god, what do you do? You didn't play Diablo 2? You didn't ever shoot in Chain Lightning? You, you shoot no. Chain Lightning at one dude and it ends up hitting three or four people. That's kind of how this, this that's why they call it Chain Migration, because you bring that, one person in, and then he's got family members and he brings all of them in. And that and it incentivizes them over everybody else. That's why that's why they call it that. Right, so, no, I get it. I get it. I'm just pointing out that, like, that's not, like, there's a, I get why it is, but it's not a... It's, it's not, not the official a, title. Right. There's no definition That's, to chain migration other than the, the popular definition. Right. That, well, now that I've explained it, everyone will know. Everyone will know. <laughs> so and the fine. more you know. The, the knowledge is power. So they did that, or that's what Trump wants, and then to get that, to get the wall, to get the new immigration merit-based Canadian system, and to stop chain migration, he was going to give uh, uh, protected status to 1.8 million daca recipients with a eight to was it 10 to 12 year path to citizenship yeah i think that's what it that's what the proposal was which is kind of fucked up i don't said if i was democrats i would shoot for seven years because i think it's seven years now to come in legally it takes about seven years so i feel like it should be a level playing field so like you know but again they do a protected status so it's a little different they're still already in the country so maybe that's why they're structuring it to be like all right let's get the other guys who are waiting to come in first then we'll get these guys who are already here but protected right so to me that was a good plan and democrats have already just shat all over it they why called did it a nancy non-starter nancy pelosi said that it was a plan to make america white again where does she get that yeah. basis like what be- because the merit-based system, typically the people that you're going to be bringing in are from Europe, are from white European mm. countries that are economically more stable than, say, Mexico, which just got upgraded to the most violent country in the world, <laughs> and and these other countries that we typically bring people in from. We're bringing in a lot of people that are low-income, that are, uh, you know, they have a large family members. That's the people we're bringing in now. Um and if we switch it over to a merit-based system, we're going to be bringing in people. Again, it prioritizes people who have college degrees and who have own businesses. And that typically tends to fall in these white European countries. So, mm-hmm. and of course, in India. India is a huge, you know, very big as well. So we, it's not entirely right. And that's why I had an article pulled up here that uh, U.S. Senator Joe Muchin, Manchin, how do you say his name? It's Manchin. Manchin. Yeah. Yeah. He came out and he's criticizing Nancy Pelosi for calling yeah, I saw uh, that. Make I actually, America well, white again. 
Yeah, I watched that. I watched that interview. I guess it was. I think it was with Jake Tapper. Um, yeah. Shortly before he said, we don't we need got... that type of rhetoric on either side from Nancy right. Paul Ryan or anybody. So Joe Manchin, though, just keep in mind too. Joe Manchin is one of the Democrats that voted to keep the government open, and there is something to be said about the fact that there that this is an election year. I don't want to like. I'm giving McCaskill a pass on that with some of the things like the military and net neutrality and whatnot. But like there is a reason that five Democrats in Trump won states voted against the government shutdown. And likewise, I believe it was five Republicans in Hillary won states voted for the shutdown. Like, yeah. So, so I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you shouldn't give any credence to what Joe Manchin is saying. But what I am saying is like there, that always has to play in the back of your mind that like take everything yeah. with a grain of salt because he's positioning. if, he's, if he I think says he's right it now, I think that, yeah, I think that it isn't helpful. Um, oh no, I think he's, I, I agree. What here's where I'm here's, accountability i think is what i'm looking at here so if he says it's not helpful now and then he wins re-election in november and then he jumps on nancy pelosi's bandwagon then (laughs) it's something where i want to remember back to this moment where joe manchin was saying some bullshit because he wanted to get elected you know and i'm not saying that's what he's doing i'm just saying when it comes to congressmen this year saying things, you have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt because, like, there could be a deeper play here. Right. And, again, we'll see. Nancy Pelosi doesn't have a lot of she, – she's obviously got a decent amount of support, but there has been, you know, attempts to overthrow her recently in the I Democratic Party. I wish they would be Party. successful. Yeah, well, she's really good at raising money. But she's also very ineffective at using that money. So it's a it's a thin line. We like money, but she's not getting it. We're not getting anything for it. Right. So again, it, it comes down to to all of that. But yeah, Democrats have basically, and some Republicans too. I mean, I know Donald Trump said that they would accept this. Uh, there is some on the far right that are saying it's it's amnesty, and it yeah. is. But go fuck yourself. Who cares? <laughs> like, well, and like I do think there. I do think that. Uh, that in some sense like the the moral high ground argument and the compassionate argument isn't always worth throwing out the window and i think here would you use the argument that like all right guys here's here's the result of us not fixing this people are going to get deported to a country they've never been to like and again we shouldn't that we shouldn't want to do that but again we shouldn't just do that and then not fix anything else to me no no no, i get it that's fine but that's that's why the biggest thing to me is uh the immigration system that needs to be fixed and going to that's why they have to fix or that's why they have to come like cut a deal is because like you because that plays into it and it has to play into it like yeah you can you can have the compassionate moral high ground aspect that can't be all you have to have reform and exactly. you have to be, but like, so they need to, they need to make a deal on this. It can't and be. I think that that was a good deal that, that Trump put forward. I thought that was pretty legit, but Democrats don't like it because again, typically the people they're bringing in now go towards the democratic base. They show up to right. the country, they get brought in, they don't have anything. So, so Democrats want more. And here's what I, here's where I think the Democrats could get more i agree that they should shoot for like i think they could shoot for seven years if they wanted to and make that argument that or whatever the current system is um yeah 
And that would be a good play in my in my book. So, and I think that they could get one point eight to three million, probably. I think that would be the. I do not agree with that one bit. I think that that's going to kill it beyond anything else, and it's just going to set themselves up for failure. Because, again, people like DACA, but to three million is a huge number. I mean, what was the? They constantly say that we've got twelve million uh, illegal immigrants in there, and, and and this and that and the other. So take three of that. That's like that's a huge percentage of it. You know what I mean? It's just no. Not... I get it. Yeah, no, I I and do. He's get already it. Donald Trump's already getting flack <laughs> for for increasing. They originally wanted seven hundred thousand. So to me, it's that guy who comes in. It's like he originally wanted eighteen million or billion. Yeah, but that's not an equal portion. To go from eighteen billion to twenty five billion is only seven billion more. They doubled their. Uh, he, he's already given a plan that doubles their original asking. Of right, but you're talking 000. about. Here's what I'm saying, though. You're that's fine, but he's also getting a bunch of stuff on. Like they're both getting immigration reform, so you don't want to throw right. that just to Republicans. But it is the Republican talking point. It is the Republican play, and yeah, so I mean, in, in that way, it, it benefits very, them more. Yeah. Um, especially it, it, when you consider shows, that Democrats do want those those the like the quote-unquote chain migration yeah. um, because they because it does play to their base. So here's what I'm saying. You're saying $7 billion more for the wall than what was well, initially proposed. And I'm saying, saying 1.2 for or no, I'm not. No, I'm not <laughs> at all. I'm saying 120. Um, go on. Whatever. They should shoot for $3 million if they think they can get it. If it kills the deal, then I don't want yeah. it. Like, find a middle exactly. ground. Exactly. And um, I think there's a lot of other people I want, who say, I, I don't want I want a it. deal here. Right. I want a deal here that everybody can walk away from and go, okay. Yeah. One fine. point. Like, let's move on to infrastructure. $1.8 million, in my opinion, is huge. And that's a huge win for Democrats if they'll just take yes for an answer and go with it. First off, Democrats. You can't. That's not going to play two weeks in a row. Bro. <laughs> um, I'm serious. I mean, <laughs> Donald Trump just can't take yes for an answer. <laughs> yeah, well, that didn't work because. I don't know why Chuck Schumer just got Southern. Yeah, well. But- the reason why that didn't work is because they were all voting no. It's like, well, he won't take yes for an answer, but everyone else was voting yes except for Chuck Schumer. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, I don't know, buddy. Right. That doesn't really make sense. But uh, regardless, again, walking into this, I think the Democrats are, are going to talk tough. They're going to have to sit – You know, they're, they're, that's what they're doing right now. They're sitting there and saying, like, no, this is a non-starter, and it's make America white again because America is definitely not white and – doesn't make any damn sense to me that that would be their play. Don't piss off white people because guess what? My, white people are still the majority. So if you keep pissing them off, you're not going to do well. So and right. with independence as well, people don't like race, race driven politics. It's not fun for anybody. So when you make it about yeah, that, you, with Nancy Pelosi, you know that both sides do it. 100%. Yeah, they do, like, but it's not as listen, effective as they think it is. If you listen to conservative. If you listen, no, it's not. But if you listen to conservative radio, because you always hear the argument that like, oh, the mainstream media, which is means liberal media, um, it typically is, is race baiting again. They're race baiting again. Well, by saying that on your show fourteen times an hour, you are also race baiting. <laughs> you are trying to get your people pissed off about something that may or may not 
may or may not actually be the way that you're portraying. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when when we watch Orlando Castile get shot in his car by a cop and Sean Hannity comes on and is like, well, they're race baiting. Like, no, you're race baiting. That was <laughs> fucked up. And yeah, that, like, was, a... that was not justice. Right. And you're telling your people to be mad at the media for calling attention to some to an injustice that we just watched right. on Facebook. Now I've so also like, seen the you know, opposite. They both race bait. Exactly. So again, it I think that's a bad play. And I'm glad that Mr. Manchin <laughs> fucking awesome name. Mr. Fucking Manchin uh came out and was like, Yeah, don't do that because that's not that's not helpful. <laughs> it's not gonna be a good thing to to do. So I think the Democrats are gonna talk tough, uh, because that's just what they're gonna do. But when it comes down to it, people aren't gonna forget you know, it's not like it's going to come out to a different outcome. People did not want the government to be shut down over. Yeah, but I don't think this is going to. I don't think it's going to, because I've made that argument with you this week. I don't on know the why. Phone several times, <laughs> and I, I because here's why: when you look at Ted Cruz's 16 day shutdown, yep. like that's a lot easier to remember it than the one that ended at noon. Right. Like they they did shut down the government, but they didn't shut down the government. We know people who work with the government who on Sunday were like, well, this sucks because my clients aren't going to work tomorrow. And then the next morning they were like, well, all right, see you at work. Right. Like that nothing nothing happened here. So I think that it was a stupid move. I don't understand how you would think shut down the government, outcome, though, even though it was short. The whole reason it was short was because independents weren't on board. I don't imagine a scenario right. where a month down the road or two weeks down the road, whatever it is, they're suddenly on board now. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, no. I'm not saying that they should shut down the government again. They're not going to shut down the government again, and well, it was might. stupid for them to do it. But what, <laughs> but what I'm saying is come midterms, people aren't going to look back and be like, well, remember when the Democrats shut down the government? Because they didn't. They shut it down for a weekend that it was closed. Right. That, that's fine. But, again, if they try to hold strong like they're saying they're going to do – yeah, I think I don't think they will. But no I one think thought that they were this time either. A, I think that they were like, "Oh, there's a sixty percent chance that this isn't going to happen." And I was like, "You guys are crazy. Of course it's going to happen." And yeah, I mean, yeah, it was definitely a possibility. And it's here's what I think is safe to say going forward: people don't like the government being shut right. down. So whoever does it is going to take the blame, whether it's Ted Cruz or Chuck Schumer or whoever yeah. it is down the line. Ted Once Cruz you lost start evangelicals in the general, so it didn't work for him. <laughs> like, no, it didn't. And Ted Cruz did it a little bit. I, to me, his green eggs and ham bullshit so that was dumb. shut down related, right? Yeah, that, that wasn't was just a filibuster. Like that was. I thought that's what yeah. he was doing. He was filibustering so that it would it would shut down. Man, I can't. Right. I, I have so, to look back because I can't remember yeah. how it all went down. I just remember the green and eggs and fucking shitty moment. <laughs> yeah. So like the so I but I think but what I'm saying is that when it comes to voting, I think still a, eight months from now or a year from now or two years from now when we talk government shutdown we'll be like yeah remember that stunt that the democrats pulled but we'll remember ted cruz's government shutdown that was a real government shutdown right. that was you know 
this this wasn't like this was nothing it was a stupid play and i think they play i think that after they made the bad move chuck schumer couldn't have done anything more right for the democrats <laughs> than to be like oh we fucked up like we need to get out of this right. <laughs> um so it's unfortunate for him though because, because this was his big play this is what he has been building up to all year is being yeah. able to do this and this was the big thing that the base was telling him get daca passed we want this and again, when you look at the polling yep. data, 80% of Democrats were on board with the shutdown. They thought that was perfect. It's just it was Democrat or it was Republicans who were like 90% against it and independents who were 65% against it. So that's why it didn't work. You know, but again, Democrats yeah. are loving it. So this was his big thing. And I think that if he's offered 1.8 million DACA recipients for protected status and a pathway to citizenship, ship amnesty and he can get that from the republicans he's a fucking idiot if he doesn't do it and yeah it depends like there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know though because like you've seen those you've seen political stunts that come out of nowhere before trump I think does them I like think every hurt four hours we saw the the democrats and, getting pissed off but again it was the same thing with republicans bitching and mitching and bitching about obamacare and when they finally got a chance to get rid of it they didn't fucking do it yeah, but here yeah, but here's what I'm saying. If if they get to a situation where the Democrats are trying to get more than one point eight or whatever they're trying to get more of, if they're trying to get more out of the what deal. What they want is they, they want to keep chain they're migration. They're not gonna that's what they want. They're not going okay, but they're probably not gonna get that. And if they're tr- if they try to hold up DACA because they're trying to get more and they're faced with another government shutdown. They're not going to shut it down again. So then you have to assume they'll cave and they'll pass a two-year budget or whatever. Yeah. If DACA if DACA then dies as a result of them not getting more, I still don't think that they'll get the blame for that because Republicans do run the government. And yeah, Democrats need to get 60 votes, but if if they can form an argument that plays enough with both Democrats and independents and they go, look, we were trying to cut a deal and all we wanted was this. And if they have a good explanation, if it's bullshit, it's not going to work. But if they have a legit something that they can sell and be like, look, we are going to give him full funding for the wall. We were going to do this. This is all. This is the only extra piece we wanted. And Republicans wouldn't let it happen. Then I don't think DACA's failure in that instance would come back and hurt the Democrats. I think it would hurt the Republicans for not being because basically Chuck Schumer dropped the ball and it is now back in the republicans court but if the republicans don't pass daca if something holds it up and it doesn't get passed it does it is like popular with like 90 percent of the country across the board republicans democrats and independents right so they could they could fuck it up i don't think they will here's like, why i think, I think that, they'll get a here's deal why I think that, that it's a very real chance that democrats could fuck this up again and it'll end up hurting them more so so the thing – yes, you're right that people want DACA to be passed. But the problem is is that Democrats are attaching it to shit that they don't need to attach it to. So it's Democrats who are making that play, saying you want to get a budget, you've got to pass DACA. And people – the independents right. have shown they're not down for that. So if Chuck Schumer comes down right, to no, it again no, I... where he – Shuts down the government again. And again, everyone keeps saying that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It could fucking happen. They could do it again. It could. And then I think that would really backfire against him. And then it would because, again, you can sit there and say as much as you want. And I know that it, every single comment when the shutdown was happening on MSNBC and all the other liberal uh, outlets, 
all of it was, you know that Republicans run the government. It's a poor argument because all you have to do is say 60 votes. And on top of that, no, all you he, have to do is right, say, look, look, see this? It says no. Yeah, but the, showing that they're voting that no my, is more powerful But that than wasn't anything. my scenario. That wasn't my scenario. It, what I said was that Democrats will cave and they will they, – they're not going to shut down the government. It, in my opinion, yeah. they could. You're right. But what I, I believe be will surprised. happen is even if they don't get an agreement on DACA, they would still pass a budget and then keep DACA separate. If in that instance DACA fails, Democrats won't get the blame for that because yeah. because Democrats were willing to shut down the government over DACA. They that people know that it is important to Democrats, and you and I can go on for forty five minutes or whatever about why it's important to them. I don't think we're wrong on that. But if they pass a budget and they they do a DACA thing separately and then it fails. I don't see how that argument doesn't work of, well, Republicans are in control of the government. Republicans got their budget and then Republicans wouldn't bend on this on, in negotiations. So that's why DACA did. Yeah, happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Da- though. Th- like, uh, again, I don't think it will either. I think they'll cut a deal. I really do. But if they're smart. They will. And we'll I think see. they'll take the deal that's put in front of them because it's a pretty damn good deal. Well, I don't think that that Chuck Schumer and the Democrats have any wiggle room here. I just don't think they have any type of power. But we'll see what they do. They're talking tough now, and I think that they'll have to cave. Uh, Otherwise, the power. If you want, if they wanted to be dicks, the power is what I just proposed. What giving giving them the. (laughs) <laughs> detach it detach it from the from the budget pass the budget and then see what happens yeah. because if it fails democrats aren't going to get the blame for that yeah that's fine but again i don't know how many people if they come down to it are going to say like oh well now that if they won't pass daca i'm going to vote all the republicans out i don't think people care enough about it if you ask them casually do you want daca to pass they say yes but if you say hey do you want to lose anything for it they say no yeah but there is something I think there is something to be said about that's where I think that compassionate moral high ground argument does actually come into play. When you start painting it that these are the personal stories and you know that the media would absolutely put those up every single day. This is the guy in Maplewood who's taken sanctuary in a church and right. he got deported to a country he's never been to because like i think that will play with people i don't think people i don't think people even though they're worried about their own self interest more than anything else i don't think people like to see bad things happen no to they don't and yeah i think that, that independence so, would be on uh, if it was de- detached from anything else yeah i think independence would go towards there i just don't know if they're going to vote all the republicans out come midterms over it Will Republicans take a hit? Yeah, you could blame them for it, certainly. But I don't know if it means enough. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if, if yeah, no, when the economy is good yeah, and people and, have more money in their pocket and jo- unemployment's low, and then you say, well, what about that DACA? Well, it's, you know, 700,000 people or possibly 1.8 million. We have 365 million people. Or po- or possibly 3 million. Or possibly 3 million. Um, Again, it's it's fractions. You know, it's, it was. Okay, so a few minutes ago, I, like, fucked up my math and stuff, but it was 1.2. I don't know why I questioned myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking about it when we said it again. I was oh, like, oh, shit. well, why the fuck did I? 7 million for 1.2? Right. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to see where this goes. We got a couple weeks here until until it happens. I think that Democrats 
first off, I think that to me the biggest thing is the immigration system switching over to the merit system. We have jobs we need to fill now. Americans are not taking STEM positions. They're not doing it. Bring in the people who will. That makes the most fucking sense. Right. And bring in people who are going to bring their businesses over here that already have these degrees, that already have the capital. That's only going to help us. So why be against yeah. it? It doesn't make, and especially in a time where there's zero, uh, whenever there's basically no unemployment, it doesn't make any sense to bring in low skilled workers because we already have a huge plethora of unskilled workers. There's no, you see what I'm saying? There's not enough jobs to fill those positions. We need to fill the, the jobs at the, the very high end, uh, degrees, which it doesn't make any fucking sense. I get that you want votes, Democrats. That's fine. That's the game, but let's do something that actually makes sense because, why the fuck not? I don't know, man. All I got from this entire segment was that Mitch wants to make America white. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm brown. <laughs> The world is witnessing the resurgence of a strong and prosperous America. I'm here to deliver a simple message. There has never been a better time to hire, to build, to invest, and to grow in the United States. America is open for business, and we are competitive once again. America is the place to do business. So come to America, where you can innovate, create, and build. The United States will no longer turn a blind eye to unfair economic practices. I will always put America first, just like the leaders of other countries should put their country first also. But America first does not mean America alone. Well, that was interesting. We'll, we'll call them the breaks, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you don't know what happened in the interim there, but there was... There was I a, get it! <laughs> there was a whole lot of stuff going on not w without the microphone. So um, let's get into this next segment now. Donald Trump... Yeah, I thought that was very brave of you to come out with all of that, but yeah, let's continue. <laughs> yeah, right. No, what, <laughs> what really happened there was Mitch was just telling me how this was all a charade and he's in a custody battle and... <laughs> This is all satire or something. <laughs> um, so his, right. Mitch was actually on the phone ordering a um, a uh, pumpkin spice latte from uh, and trying to get some Uber driver to pick it up. He's a, he's a stark raving while liberal. I'm bleaching and, my hair. Uh. Yeah, this, this was all an act. This was all you. I saw your pussy hat the last time I was over there. Um, right. <laughs> so, anyway, no, okay. None of the, none of anything we just talked about was true. Right. That's why. So let's <laughs> so. let's get in to Trump's trip um, to was it Davos, Switzerland? Uh, Davos, Switzerland for the World Economic Forum, or as you know them, the Illuminati. Um, he right. had a. It, it's interesting to me that he's the first president to go there in, what is it, 18 years or something like that? I guess yeah. Bush, Bush was the first one to not attend, and then nobody, or yep. Obama did not attend either. So I I don't, weird. I don't really know why that is, and I'd be interested in knowing why, that what their reasoning for not attending and what the difference was before that decision well, was I think made. I, I think I know why. Both of those guys just weren't very good at economics. <laughs> so, maybe, and maybe they weren't, so. you know? 
Yeah. I think Bill Clinton, he knows economics and he was a business guy. You know, he wasn't in business, but he was very business friendly. Um, Obama, not so much. Bush, not so much. So, yeah. And Trump, clearly very business friendly. Right. So makes yeah. sense that he would go. So I know you've got some articles pulled. Um, there got quite I, a few. There's a lot that happened. Yeah, I watched actually shortly before we started recording a while ago. Um, I had watched his. I think it's like a 28 minute speech that he gave um, to the to the room full or the auditorium full of business leaders and whatnot and. The one thing that I can say about his speech is that Donald Trump is unbelievably different when he is on script than he is like it was like it was almost like agonizing for me to watch it because it was like yeah like okay he's not the greatest at reading a teleprompter and he always puts in his like internal thought bubbles in the mix of the speech but it's tolerable and like it makes a lot more sense and it's almost frustrating because i know then like five minutes after you're off stage you're gonna go say some dumb shit and offend like a thousand (laughs) people a million people or whatever it's just like ah it sucks to watch something that's going decently and then be like, but you're going to fuck this up. Like, you're going to leave and say fake news. <laughs> and like, right. and that's going to be, be a the... soundbite, and that's what they're going to do. That's right. what they're going to roll with. So, but anyway. Trust me, I'll it's let much you... more frustrating from my perspective, where I, I agree with most of the stuff he's doing. And, and then it's just like, oh, no, here he comes saying something dumb that the media right. is going to obsess in, about. Insert foot in mouth. So, it's like, he yeah. he always does it. He is, he is his own enemy. So... Right. Um, but so, anyway, go Rutter's, ahead and jump into jump into that. Yeah. So Rudders basically um, they dedicated an entire section of their reporting just to Davos and uh, the economic forum there, and they had a bunch of really great articles. So I'm basically going to read a bunch of these, or you know, skim them and give you uh, the main main things out of them, and then we'll kind of discuss it because there was quite a lot that happened. Mm-hmm. So. Before it even started, it says, at Davos, um, delegates talked down Trump, but they bet big on America. So it says, since Donald Trump won the U.S. presidency, business has been booming for Monaco-based businessmen, and I'm going to mess his name up, Manfredi Lefebvre de Orito. I don't believe (laughs) you. I I don't believe myself. (laughs) So (laughs) it says, his privately owned luxury cruise uh, operator, uh, and it Silver Sea Cruises registered an immediate pickup in bookings from its main U.S. market, and demand has continued to grow. He said, quote, let's face it, we should be grateful uh, to Trump, a delegate, and he was a delegate at the World Economic Forum, says the economy is strong and the American consumer is spending. We are the biggest, you know, America is the biggest consumer market. When we have money, we buy other people's shit. It helps everyone. It says, as world's top policymakers and executives await Trump to address the Davos summit, they are privately voicing disbelief and disgruntlement at his foreign affairs, uh, retreat on economic issues, and colorful tweeting. African leaders feel insulted after Trump had said to a, was said to have classified their countries as shitholes, a comment he denies making. Latin American leaders are criticizing his retreat from the Pacific-wide trade pact, and some top executives uh, say that they have declined invitations to meet him during the summit. But with the U.S. stock market soaring, Trump's corporate tax cuts uh, padding companies' pockets and U.S. consumers spending again, companies here are quietly applauding the U.S. president, even as Davos delegates see him as an unwelcome outsider. Quote, on the values front, it's hard to see the international elite here, international elites here in Davos applauding Trump. 
but on the wallet side of things, it may be different. This is a fundamental tension, says uh, Halina Ray, economics professor at London Business School. So it goes on with the, that article, but that seemed to be the main the main feel going into it is Davos has a lot of these economic leaders. They come here and they, they talk about different things and talk about their proposals in the world economy. And they, a lot of them don't like Trump. Mm-hmm. But America's doing pretty well right now. And again, that all America's the largest economy in the world, hands down. When they're doing well, it does raise the tide and all boats rise up with it. Um, what seemed to be kind of the, the thing is if you talk to people in these countries, a lot of them are happy with, with what's going on. And, and the world economy is increasing and doing better. But they don't like Trump. <laughs> Shocker. And we saw that... Uh, exactly. Well, we saw that with um, if you go to, um, what's that guy you like? The prediction guy, Nate Silver. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't take him. Like, I always take everybody with a grain of salt. But I, I have cited Nate Silver a lot. I've, I, I think that it, it's weird because, like, now if you would have asked me pre Donald Trump being president, I would be like, yes, Nate silver, 100% because he hadn't been wrong, but like there were different variables as of late. So now I kind of like, I'm just wary of any poll because there there's Donald Trump is like this new, I found my numbers by the way. I was cleaning my room like, yesterday if and politics, I found my old predictions. If politics and polls and predictions are a computer, like Donald Trump is the virus that has just been placed inside of there. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and he's just like, he's changing right. shit just like enough to be like, I don't know what to expect anymore. Like, this, I don't know this, what's going to happen. This might pop up. They're like, the, you know, I know I didn't look that up. So, you know, honey, <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the virus. Um, right. So, but yeah, it's a, I think Nate Silver had uh, one of those things where he was, you know, he's pulling people, Trump's popularity, Trump's popularity on social issues, direction of the country, and Trump on the economy. So I looked through all of them, and most of them were pretty much the same. Trump's hanging around 40% approval and about 52% disapproval um, on everything else, except for the economy. And right after the tax plan took off, it just shut the fuck up. His approval rating, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I, I sent the chart to you, and it was nuts. So people don't fucking like Trump, but they approve what he's doing with the economy. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I know that we've talked about that a bunch of times, and I said that, you know, that it's going to be hard. It's been frustrating for me because this whole to... year I've been like, trust me, we're doing good. And everyone's like, nah, fuck that. Well, fuck no, like, I don't no, think – I, I think <laughs> most people – I think if you ask most people how they feel about the economy, they'll tell you good. I would tell you good. I would say that – all, yeah. in, in, in every economic segment that we've done like this, whether, you know, we were talking about um, the Paris Climate Accords and how it affected us economically or the tax plan or whatever, my position had always been like, like I never wanted to come off as I hate these things because I don't think that what he's done with the economy is horrible. I like to present that other side and be like, well, what about this? Like, because I think that I don't also like to jump ahead of myself either and be like, well, yeah, I, the, the tax plan is great. And, you know, we'll see the one thing that I, that I, from this speech that I paid attention to and like it still makes me nervous as somebody who is historically more to the left um, 
like his talk about regulations and my knowledge of what happened the last time we deregulated um, sectors makes me nervous. Like it looks good. And I've heard your argument and you've made it a bunch of times that like, well, these are bad regulations. But and if that's true, if they're all bad regulations, good. But it seems like we're cutting a lot of regulations. And yeah, well, to be fair, there was a lot of. Business killing regulations that, that Obama that's put. That's fine, in but there place. can also we don't want to create a situation where we start to form bubbles because we know what happens to bubbles. Yeah. And that's what when I listened here's to my, he said a lot about regulation that. when he was talking about America being open for business. And that is always right. the that's where I hesitate a little bit. I trust you. I don't more than I trust Trump, because I know you and I don't <laughs> trust Trump. Um but like I when you say that like, oh these look, here are the individual regulations. Like I tend to not disagree with you on those segments. But when he touts it over and over and over again throughout the course of the thirty minute speech, it gives me pause to go, okay, well I like I'm still a little yeah. bit nervous the about reason, what I don't know what you're he's talking doing about. That. Yeah, the reason he's doing that is because for some reason Hillary Clinton and the Democrats and all of these people who have put their their and Barack Obama didn't understand that you cannot regulate a segment or a sector into growth. That is a fundament that that goes against the fundamental laws of economics. G- regulation doesn't equal growth. For some reason they thought it did, and it doesn't. Anytime that you add more regulations and say if you do this wrong or incorrectly and we can change it anytime we want, you will be fined. That means that all of infrastructure needs to change. So let's say you have a, a multi-million dollar plant that you put together and then they say, uh, you get you need to, to filter out 0.0001% more of a toxin and you have to refit all of your pipes and everything with different, um, what do you call it, gaskets and seals. That costs fucking money. And if you're going to get hit with that, you're not going to want to invest. So, so in accounting and economics and every type in all of this, you look at long-term uh, planning. So long-term investments, long-term uh, assets, 10 years or, or plus. And if you're living in an environment where things could just change and you don't know what's happening, you just don't fucking do business here. And right. that's what we saw happening. So whenever he's saying we're cutting these regulations, that's why we're seeing such a, a industry boom. And now you're going to couple that with a with a competitive tax rate of 21 percent corporate going, which, again, the world uh, average tax corporate tax rate is 20 percent. Pretty competitive on top of seeing regulations go away. It, it drives me insane when people are like, oh, thanks, Obama. It's like, you don't fucking wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was the regulator in chief. That's his. He loved it. He loved putting regulations in place. This is the, the main reason why we're seeing companies come back is a they're not going to get taxed as much. And B, there's they're not as worried about getting slammed with regulations. And again, it kills business. It makes you shift somewhere else. And again, we're living in a time right now where energy conscious and environmentally conscious businesses is going to be the norm. So people are going to start self regulating businesses are going to start self-regulating because it's good for business. Right. I actually get there and say it's interesting that you say that because I just saw um, a study. It's been a few weeks, but um, I just saw a study that said that millennials are are going to be like we're the main purchasing um, mm-hmm. sector of, power. of right of consumers consumerism um, mm-hmm. and well, they're getting more money we are more likely to buy something from 
someone that is either eco-friendly or is attached to like a charitable cause or something like that. Exactly. So so yeah, the, the market is doing that on its own because we are doing that as consumers. Um, exactly. And again, we talked about solar energy and things like that where and I think there is a, a town or a conservative – it ended up being a Republican uh, district or something that's going entirely like solar or something like that completely energy efficient it, it's going to become big business it's just when you try to force people into when you try to force the market the market pushes back because people will not if it's not within their interest they're not going to go for it and to sit there and say like oh we, we just need to push towards solar and we need to in, all that does is increase energy costs mm-hmm. at the moment eventually it won't but right now it does so when you do that businesses go well go fuck yourself we're not going to do it and then you see you don't bring as much money in. And then we'll – oh, shit. We just promised people all of these new rights that cost money, and we don't have fucking money to pay for it. So right. now, oh, fuck. We can't do that. It just perpetuates, and it's bad – quite frankly, it's bad leadership. So that's why, again, when Trump showing up and him really driving home the fact that, hey, we're getting rid of our wasteful regulations, which I think that, uh, that Obama and the, the Democrats had every good intention – but sometimes it just doesn't play out in the real world like it sh- it does in their head. They think that, yay, we're helping the environment, but you're also hurting your country, and you're kind of the leaders of your country. Right. So don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, they, I, I'm not going like, to disagree with you. that. Like, I mean, I will say, and I think where people kind of get off on the Obama economy um, is that, like, we did see growth. He did break. We did come out of a recession under Barack Obama, but it's not. I don't think that it's easy to argue that it's comparable to what we've seen in 2017 and now. Right. 18. And again, like, I mean, yeah. When you look at jobs he created, he didn't create great jobs. He created a lot of low income jobs. It's that hard. They say it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue that you're not setting records daily. Yeah, you know, a little bit. <laughs> so, so again, things things are pretty good right now. Um, I saw another argument today that was like all the people saying that this is Obama's economy. Didn't you say that he, Obama was held up by Republicans and wasn't allowed to do anything? So shouldn't you be saying thanks, Republican Congress? Right. Well, this is <laughs> like to be. It's fair, not true. I just think it's funny. To, like, to be just, fair to yeah. this whole argument too, like everybody has always done this. My grandparents, my entire yeah. childhood and adolescence, my grandparents credited because when I was my adolescence, thanks Reagan. Well, my adolescence <laughs> was the Bush years. And so it was not going well at that time, right? So, and so right. I would compare. Well, it was up until like 2006. Then it was like, oh, shit. Right. But I would compare him to Bill Clinton. And then I would always hear from my grandparents and the conservative side of my family that, like, well, that's Reagan's economy. Bill Clinton didn't know shit about economics. He was just, he was mooching off Reagan's economy and Bush's economy. <laughs> I was just like, okay, you, but you no. know, you know, that's not true though right like yeah you guys are dumb new economics now he did preside over the united states which was the largest economy during the advent of the internet right which obviously which opened up a new market like you want to be able to dominate markets but innovation is really what key and america's typically been very good at innovating we're the forefront of that again we're going to need to do some sort of innovation if we want to continue to grow we've reached the like i said if we're at full employment We've reached the bearings of our own economy. Like, right. Again, we need to bring in people to fill in those high, high positions, high learning positions. 
But then we're kind of done. You got to innovate and bring something else up. China's already going to own solar, so we, we're not going to get that one. Right. So so something that he said during the speech else. that I want to ask you about, and we haven't actually talked about um, ahead of time, is the uh, he cites a couple times in his speech that black unemployment is the lowest that it's been in yep. um in like 17 recorded years history. or oh, recorded history and then he, i think he said hispanics in a 17 year low are those numbers yep. are they used the same way that unemployment numbers are used with like they they are used the same way uh everything that i and i haven't dug into the numbers quite as much but everything that i have looked into looks legit it looks like they are just getting hired more now than ever before that there is more job opportunities in these communities now than it was during the past during the past (laughs) and again a lot of that has to do with full employment so there's more competition in the labor market and at at that point you know people can start competing for jobs you don't so many jobs you don't think you don't question that as a skewed statistic like you would say that four percent unemployment is yeah it's all skewed but again when we're looking at it it's going down for the right reason. So it's not really skewed. Again, what my issue was during – I don't like how they they measure unemployment, period, because they only take in the people who are actively searching for a job over the past four weeks. So people who just – again, it artificially, whenever the Obama administration was touting, oh, look, unemployment's going down, it was because people were leaving the labor market. They just weren't looking for jobs anymore, or they were just becoming students or staying home or getting on unemployment or whatever, and they were no longer looking. And that's not a good reason for your... That's not something you want to brag about whenever the rate's going down. Now the rate's going down because people are just getting jobs. People have re-entered the job market, but they're being employed, so the rate's lowering. And that's the right way that we need to see it. I gotcha. So, yeah, so those numbers are legit. Like, everything that I've seen looks legit. That It's just now is a good... that. There's never been a better time to look for work. There's a lot of work right now. Right. Um, and I'm seeing – and especially here – to, I'm not going to say my work's name, but typically there hasn't been a lot of African-Americans employed there for whatever reason. And I see them con- – like I constantly see African-Americans coming in to interview, and we probably have hired six or seven times what we used to. It's just I – don't, I don't know the reason for it. I don't know why, but it's happening, and I'm seeing it firsthand too from where I'm at. So, yeah, it, it's a good thing. You so, know. do you think? Do you think? It. Do you think as a result of this trip that we that we cut any deals or like what do you? Let's move to Theresa May because yes, absolutely. Okay. So the, one of the first things that happened once uh, he got in Davos is he immediately went and talked with Theresa May, who is the uh, prime minister of uh, the UK, and. It was really good. So I'll read you. There's two little articles that I read here um, that are pretty short, so I'll just read them. This one was titled, Trump says talks with UK will lead to tremendous rise in trade. U.S. President Donald Trump said on two, on Thursday that discussions underway between the U.S. and Britain would lead to tremendous increase in trade between the two countries. Speaking to reporters shortly after a meeting with U.K. Prime Minister Theresa May during the World Economic Forum in Davos, Trump also said Britain and the U.S. were, quote, on the same wavelength in every respect. May said the special relationship between the two countries continued and that a trip by Trump to the U.K. was under discussion. 
Um, now there's another, uh, I'm gonna real quick uh, grab it here because she went on to kind of gush over it. It says, UK US relations are as strong as ever, British Prime Minister May. Uh, Britain's special relationship with the United States is as strong as it has ever been, Prime Minister Theresa May said on Thursday, adding she would discuss uh, that she was discussing Syria, North Korea, and Iran in a meeting with President Donald Trump at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Quote, that special relationship between the UK and America is as strong as it has ever been, May told BBC television. Quote, what I will be talking to Trump about is a whole range of foreign policy areas where we have sh uh, faced shared challenges and are working together. So basically, uh, we all remember whenever uh, Brexit happened, uh, that damn U.S. started trying to meddle with their election. Did and, <laughs> did and, did Brexit uh, Obama actually came out happen? And said, have they left? Yes, uh, they it's it's they voted to. They had the referendum. They voted for for Brexit. It is not taking place. I think until later this year. So it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a um, Israeli or They've Jerusalem up embassy in Jerusalem. It's like well, we'll do it someday. Yeah. No, it's going to happen. Like it actually is going to happen. They just have to the transition period and all of that. So and they've repeatedly kept saying like no back out of it and Theresa may and everyone in, in the london uh parliament and everything had not london i keep saying london as the whole of england but no england parliament has said no we're staying you're, in it i know that you're ireland no, you're no does historian not <laughs> or geographer yeah. so, or something right so <laughs> bad joke but if you remember, yeah, Obama came out and tried to influence by saying that if they were going to if they were going to do Brexit, that they would be in the back of the line or the back of the queue um, <laughs> nice. for, for trade deals. That's what he said. And so that pissed off a bunch of Britain, Britainites and a bunch of people, or a bunch of analysts have said that Brits that like Brits. Britons. Yeah, uh, that a lot of analysts have said that might have been what pushed the referendum over people didn't really know what they were voting for but they didn't like what trump said or not trump uh, obama said about being at the back of the line so they were like fuck you and just voted for it <laughs> and then we're like oh no what do we do but regardless so trump has been constantly been saying we're gonna put britain at the front of the line we want to do a trade deal with them and if you remember when brexit happened i said i think we're gonna see that because immediately the pound plummeted and it uh it started bringing a lot of tourism for in uh england because, again, we're a consumer market. We had more money. People immediately started booking flights and going and doing more tourism there because it was cheaper and you could get more out of it. I went to London once and I came with $50. I was a kid, but still, fucking mistake. That turned into like 25 pounds and then a candy bar was like five pounds. I was like, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford anything. So it looks like that's what they're doing. They met together and I think that we are going to see a big trade deal come out where um, – between England and the United States. It's only in both of our interests. And Trump said that uh, throughout the entire Davos trip. He said that, you know, hey, I'm going to try to look for bilateral trade deals as opposed to trilateral or bigger, you know, bigger deals like the TTP where there's multiple countries coming in. He goes, listen, we're going to focus in on each country individually, look at how we can both benefit, and then just strike those deals. Uh, and I think it's going to start with uh, England, and I think that's only a good thing. Hmm. So we'll see what actually comes about it. But she seemed very uh, happy <laughs> with uh, with those uh, 
you know, the conversations. And then it also goes into, leads into the other thing that came out of Davos, which is uh, the Canadian, it says, at Davos, Canada and Mexico upbeat on NAFTA talks. So this is another trade deal that's been going on for a while here. So it says, Canada's foreign minister and Mexico's economic minister struck an upbeat note on Thursday on the outlook for talks with the United States on the North American uh, Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA, saying they agreed that the deal needed modernizing. The sixth and uh, penultimate round of negotiations to update NAFTA opened in Montreal on Tuesday, with time running out for Canada and Mexico to settle big differences with U.S. President Donald Trump's administration. Uh, let's see, quote, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be fun, and I hope really useful and productive discussion. So this thing had about seven talks, I think, is what they're planning on, with the seventh being the final talk. This is the sixth. Um, and pretty much Trump has just stood firm. He said, no, you guys are getting too, there's too much trade deficit. If you don't change it, we're not, we're going to pull out. Neither Canada or Mexico wants to see it, Mexico in particular. Um, so... They've been they they've both been taking hard stances as well, but this is the first time that they've been saying, you know what, it actually looks like we might be able to to strike a deal here. Mm. So again, just a good thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't think like like I said, it's hard to it's hard to look at the economy in January of 2018 and say Trump's doing bad shit there, like. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the future holds. I can't predict it, especially not me, because admittedly, I like economics isn't my isn't my thing. Um, but I'll I'll give you. Here, I'll, I'll turn you into a, a expert economist. Just say all else equal, and then whatever you want to have happen happens. It's fucking great. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Ceteris paribus. Ceteris paribus solved everything. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to look at you know what is going on at least in the present and say that it's a bad thing i can't i don't know where it'll go and like i obviously have some reservations about some things but you know i i this trip is exactly what i expected it to be um donald trump Good. donald trump doesn't <laughs> typically do bad when he goes on trips like this um especially when he's talking about our booming economy liberals think he does which is weird to me like every single see, i don't the, i don't see it that way i don't necessarily like all that yeah, he says really and i also think that like i miss a character like barack obama being the one like even if barack obama was saying literally everything that trump was saying he would deliver it better um so like i think in that i don't think i, so. think, I thought it was a bad Order. Yeah, you're the only one though. Um, I think that I don't. I don't get the. I don't get the praise for it. It's like I don't get it. That's not good. Yeah, when he's reading a when he yeah, look at a State of the Union though. Like when he's reading off of something, like Trump was reading off of something. Yeah, Obama. He does okay, but off the cuff, he was just as. And so as, I think like yeah. that, I think that I that. People that criticize Trump over that, though, like, you know what you're getting. And George Bush wasn't good at it either. And, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't. To me, that's like petty. If that's the reason you think he did bad because he stumbled over words or he did like whatever. Um, I, I I don't right. know. It, to me, like the, the speeches on economy, on the economy he's always going to be successful at as long yeah. as well, that's what he knows now, the business and the he's going to is... be successful as long as the economy is success successful and it was interesting because as i was watching it i was wondering how different his speech would have been had the government been shut down 
while he was giving it. Um, yeah, like probably I, would have just shit all over the Democrats the whole time. He probably would have. <laughs> and But I couldn't help but think, like, man, if the government was shut down right now and he was up there touting, like, the economy and all this shit, not knowing what how long the shutdown was going to be and how it could potentially affect the economy at the end of that, like, that would just it would give this whole different feeling to what I was watching. Um, yeah. But... You know, I- now just like a few more points on Davos before before we wrap it up. Um, the other thing that happened was Donald Trump came out and basically was like, "Hey, Palestine, do you like our money? Sit down and do peace talks, or you get none of it." Yeah, I was gonna save that one, so but we'll we can, see where that goes. We can jump. Well, it happened at Davos. No, I know. Davos. Um, but yeah, I like. I think that's a bad. I don't think. That's a you and I had talked about it earlier in the week and you had called it a money saving technique and I think that's exactly what it is like that's not the way yeah. to negotiate peace talks that's not you're not going to take a bargaining chip talks are off, off the table and then say now we're going to force diplomacy like we tried that and we're we've been in Iraq and Afghanistan ever since so yeah I don't know. I don't know if it's forced diplomacy. That's kind of like saying, like, "Oh, we need to fund the rebels because otherwise, you know, something bad might happen." Well, if no, you're saying, if you're saying, "Hey, <laughs> here's money, sit down and talk," what you're trying to do is force diplomatic discussions. It is forced diplomacy. Can we agree that it hasn't worked? It, no, it's not. That's what. It's not, that's what we've been doing. It's, we've been it, it's them never going to so work. It, it, it's never going to work as long as Israel is is unwilling to budge. Like. It's not. I think it, both sides are unwilling. It has to nothing. I, mean, I don't know, man. Like, remember, they still call for all of one, Israel and all the Israelis to die. Like, that seems like a non-starter. Right. To me. They're also you know I mean? yeah. They're also <laughs> like a group of like twelve kids versus a an armored country that sends missiles into a tiny street. Yeah, like you consistently downplay that. It's not twelve fucking kids. I mean, <laughs> but, basically. Um, Right. Like, I get it. There are terror networks and there's whatever, but, like, they're not on the same playing field. Remember, at one point, what Israel has wasn't theirs until the UN came in and fucked it up. So, like, yeah, Israel's not willing to budge on their borders, and that's a non-starter, I would think. Like... Right, you you took it. Well, they both need to. It needs to be a starter because that's what both people want. It's going to need to be a two state solution. That's the only thing that can other that or it's war. You know, yeah. Sorry, those are the options. I agree with you, but I don't think. But I don't think saying, "Hey, here's here's this money. It's off the table." If you well, it hasn't worked. Yeah, that's fine. Because that was the but idea, wasn't it? That's the, idea the first was, thing some that's money gonna, come to the table. It's a here's what it is, though. It all it is is a symbolic play to Republicans that want to give a shit about Israel. Like I'm pretty outspoken about my feelings about Israel. I I, I take Palestine side. Um, so I have a I, I take Israel's only out of our own interest. I don't actually like Israel. I don't actually like Palestine either. I think they're both dicks sorry yeah no i i mean i agree with you but i definitely understand i think both i'll I'll say this i won't say that they're dicks i'll say both countries have leaderships which act dickish yeah there we go i I would say that as well um but i think that this 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 doesn't matter whatsoever if they what it does is it hurts palestinians if the money is off the table but the second trump's gone it's right back so we had no problem doing that to north korea like yeah i know that's fine but i promise you the second that trump is gone whoever republican or democrat replaces him it's gonna be like yeah well we're gonna go back to doing that because that's the easiest way to make friends um 
Yeah. Uh, again, friends need to do... It's okay to be like, he's my friend, but you don't want to be the kid who's got the rich parent who just, like, lets the kids, cool kids walk all over him so that he can say he has friends. That's not that's I not a good I get it, but policy. if you're... But in that case, then Israel is that kid, so... <laughs> no, Israel helps us out quite a bit. They... We get a lot of bang for our buck when it comes to supporting Israel. The problem is, is that they shouldn't be there, or they really didn't have. Much no, of they should be, to be in be Berlin. There. Come on, Merkel, I'm I'm calling <laughs> you out. Fix it because if this is re- like if it's really about World War Two, Hitler fucked up. So yep. <laughs> it sh- they should be in fucking Berlin. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not going to go that far. I think that both countries right. need to stay. Because exactly essentially, what I just said was along. the Jews need to leave and go to a different country. That's not what. That's not what I was saying. Well, that's how I took it. Right? <laughs> no, no, it's not how I took it. I get what you're saying. I just, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think that both sides need to come together, and I don't disagree with what Trump's doing. If he's saying like, "Hey, this isn't working. We've tried bribing you, and if the bribe's not working, then we're not going to fucking pay you." Then. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, well, you could, do I think that it's escalating the situation? I mean, are you sure? I, I not, guess. Is it a bribe or is it like, like I mean, it's humanitarian. It's basically a bribe. Money. It's not a bribe. Yeah, but it was like predi- there. Was remember, on, there like, are like to- there are people there that are fucking suffering and are not part of the conflict at all. Like I think that's what the money yeah. is intended for. I don't know that. I think calling it a bribe is a step too far. Yeah. I think that saying that it's for the people is kind of the play and it makes sense and it does do a lot of good. But I think the main reason they did it was to bring them to the table for peace talks. You know, it seems like that would be the main reason. But I don't know. Yeah. Historically, pre Donald Trump, like the United States does a lot of humanitarian money spending. Um, They do. So like, I don't know. We would we would actually have to. I don't know that we could. Know what if it that. works? Let's let's drive down that hypothetical highway. What if it works? It won't. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it won't. Like it's hard to go. No, no, no. You can't say that. I said hypothetically. I know, it, it will, but it's so hard. It it's hard to put a hypothetical, like go down a hypothetical highway with you on a conflict that has not had any solution for thousands of years predating the the borders yeah. like our solution but in my situation everything that i want has happened so now what <laughs> well um i get i'm making fun of you because I, <laughs> I was trying to think of what you said the last time it was brought up i give you a book a book on reality the rule books and say this isn't how it works <laughs> so <laughs> um <laughs> Uh yeah. So that was that was I guess uh that's everything I had for Davos. I think that uh I think it was a success. Oh, I guess we should probably talk about the only thing the media talked about, which was him getting booed. <laughs> yeah, I and I did I did catch the boos. He needs to knock that shit off. Like when you're doing good stuff, like don't be dumb. Stop making the, yeah. the media is he not said about the like, fake media. One of the something. dumbest things that he's ever said and one of the most harmful things if it was if it was successful um is that the the media is the enemy of the American people. It was one of the dumbest things that he has ever said, and he believes it. And so he does that. Now, let's d- remember, though, no one likes the media. Like, they pull very it's fucking fine, low. But they're not. The, but to... nobody knows shit without the media. So they're not the enemy of the American people. Like, yeah. they're biased. That's fine. But you don't know anything if some other reporter doesn't write it so that we can comment on it. Yeah. You know? I mean, now with, nowadays they just stream it, so... You know, yeah. there's, there's more there's more ways to get around it. But, it, you know, so, yeah, that's what he got booed for was saying that, like, oh, the the uh, 
fake media, fake news media. Yeah, and said as the cameras go off in the back, and then everybody was like uncomfortable, and because he's dumb. That's his and, typical tactic because you can't prove that. Like it's you can't. You know what I mean? The cameras are facing forward. No cameras facing backward to document the cameras turning off. So every single. Right. Every one of his, especially with CNN, he'll be like, oh, look, CNN just turned their cameras right. off. He says that every time. And I have no fucking clue if it's true or not. Very well might be true. No way to prove it's it. It's a Putin play. <laughs> let's, let's not let's not fake yeah. it. Like, well, again, you, there's no way for you to prove it isn't happening either. It, there's no, no way there's not. But, like, that's fine. There's That's the whole, um, the, the whole Devin Nunes thing, which we'll get into in a couple minutes. But, like, yeah, oh, there, there's no way to prove it by saying that, like, oh, well, you can't prove that the Russian collusion didn't happen. Like, yeah, that's what you have to do in, for there to be legal grounds, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Like, you you can't... You don't have to prove that it did. I totally get it, but it's, <laughs> it's like this. If, the, if the, the Hillary Clinton thing, right, we know that she didn't wipe her fucking hard drive down with a goddamn towel. We know that she should have been under oath when she testified to the FBI. We know, right. just like we know that Jeff Sessions and Jared Kushner and Donald Trump Jr. and all of them didn't forget what they were being asked about. Steve Bannon could have talked. He didn't talk. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that you have a legal grounds if you don't have the evidence because you don't have legal right. grounds if you don't have the evidence. But let's not fucking pretend like things that we see with our eyes are invisible. That's fine. Again, you still have to prove it. So, I, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. But, you know, it anyway, that was a side tangent and we'll get into that whole Nunes thing, but I don't like the argument of, I, I think that too often there's an argument of, well, you know, just because, I don't know, I don't know, we'll get into it in the next <laughs> segment, so. Yeah, um, but I will say this, I think we, to wrap up Davos, I think that he gave a good speech, I think that even though the elites may not like him, I think the world's pretty happy that, you know, America's doing as well as they are, whether they give the credit to Trump or not is, their, that's up to them. Um, I know I do, but again, not everyone sees it the same way as me. Right. Uh, and I think that, uh, in regards to his speech, I think, look for that, that, I think that was prelude to state of the union. I think you're going to hear a yeah. lot of the same stuff in the state yeah, of the union. I, I think you're probably right. And, um, you know, we'll obviously be able to get into that one next week after, cause I was wrong. That was the correction that I needed to make. I was wrong. Cause I made, I had said that that was this week and I, for some I reason think I did too. I think yeah, I said, it's Tuesday, and, like, it is a Tuesday, not that Tuesday. <laughs> Anytime there's big breaking news about this massive government abuse of power... That to hear some news outlets tell it, there is widespread outrage. So if it turns out that this whole investigation is a politically motivated sham. Casting doubts on special counsel Robert Mueller's ongoing investigation of possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. President Trump told reporters Wednesday he was looking forward to answering Mueller's questions and said he would do it under oath. 
Do you have a date set, Mr. I, I don't know. No, I think yes, they're talking about two or three weeks, but I would love to do it. Would you in person? You know, again, it's, I have to say, subject to my lawyers and all of that, but I would love to do it. Congressional Republicans are also fanning doubts about the probe. This week, without offering direct evidence, Senator Ron Johnson spoke of corruption and a secret society within the FBI. I have heard that there were managers, you know, high-level officials of the FBI that were meeting together off-site. He claimed the society was referred to in text between FBI lawyer Lisa Page and FBI agent Peter Strzok, who was removed from Mueller's team. Today, reporters pursuing Johnson on Capitol Hill asked if the reference could have been a joke. It's a real possibility. Republicans also raised warning flags when the FBI said it could not find about five months' worth of those texts. But in a letter to Congress today, the Justice Department's internal watchdog said his office had recovered them. There is also the matter of what's being called the Nunes Memo. Drafted by aides to House Intelligence Committee Chair Devin Nunes, it reportedly alleges that the FBI abused its powers to surveil the Trump campaign. The specifics of the four-page document aren't clear because it's classified and only available to members of Congress, despite calls from the right and the left to release it to the public. Republican Congressman Mark Meadows calls its contents shocking. Pardon me, uh... Uh, wishes that I didn't read it because I don't want to believe that those kinds of things uh, could be happening in this country that uh, I call home and love so much. The Intelligence Committee's top Democrat, Adam Schiff, says it's pure politics. They wanted to make a political statement. Uh, they wanted to feed the beast on Fox News. Uh, they wanted to do what they could to der derail the Mueller investigation. Schiff said committee Democrats would write a memo of their own, a sign that temperatures are still rising on Capitol Hill over an investigation that continues to intensify. Right, so we went to break and we found Frank. Neat. Uh, Got yeah. him all the way. How's it going, guys? <laughs> so, I've, uh, I, God, I try to avoid that word so much now. You you caught it, but I, I try to avoid it. Um <laughs> So we typically don't shoot the show at the same time. We've mentioned it before. In fact, more more frequently than not, the when we're recording the show, it's over the course of a couple of days. Um, and so that's the case here. So Frank is available now. So we figured we'd get him in on the tail end of this episode. Nice. So... Besides, there, what, was more, uh, there was more news for a Monday anyway. So it works out. <laughs> right. So... Other than the two big stories that we've already covered with the shutdown and the Davos trip, um, the other big stories, the, the, there was actually a lot last week. Um, There's a lot the other, of little things going on. Right. So one of the big stories last week was that Donald Trump in June had told, um, let's see, White House lawyer Don McGahn to fire special counsel Robert Mueller. Um so this story blew up like right as Trump was giving his Davos speech. Like the whole the the in fact Davos well, it got a, very, it took a day or two because at first it was just MSNBC and CNN that were doing it, and everyone else kind of didn't. And then I guess it got verified, and that's when Rudders and uh, you know more of these uh, main well not mainstream but more. Respected. I guess reliable in my eyes. Yeah, uh, news sources started picking it up as well. Uh, but for a day there, it was kind of quiet going into Davos, and then it just kind of picked up. 
So, and then basically the the report said that Don McGahn threatened to quit over over right. the suggestion of firing and then Trump or, back down. And then Trump backed down. Um so it it blew up and then everybody CNN and MSNBC and like ev- the the liberal media was going nuts over this is obstruction of justice or is this obstruction of justice um so is this important do you think it's important that now Trump always has to do stupid shit and he as soon as well I don't want to say as soon as he got off stage but while he was still <laughs> in Switzerland um, he was already calling it fake news and whatever. And like, come it's on, not. this is this like, is one of those moments. Like I referred totally to not. in the last segment of like, let's use common sense over. Like, I don't need evidence to know that. Yeah, he probably did he probably that. Probably did like, that. Yeah, I don't like. Okay, so now to but, a degree, because again, it, I I liked waiting back. I didn't give this story the time of day. Whenever it was just CNN and MSNBC drumming it but as soon as rudders picked it up then i was like okay let's take a look at it so my first initial reaction isn't just to believe what msnbc is saying you no know no I mean? no not like, at all not mine either yeah. it's actually very but, far from but, that um yeah but right. when you're seeing it on B, uh, bbc news or the ap news it's a little more credible i'm not well, a this- bbc news either i'm gonna be honest i don't i just watched a documentary uh from the bbc last night on trump and, like, this dude just came out of nowhere and was like, so we can definitely see that they just believe their genes are superior to everyone else's. I was like, where the <laughs> fuck did you get that from? <laughs> well, so stu- I'm not a big fan of the BBC. I think they've got their own agenda as well. But Maybe, again. but one, one thing on the BBC is not indicative of the entire network either. No, like, it's, it's Remember, yeah, it's stupid people aren't, aren't confined to one geographic location. So, you right. know. Um, but they might be confined to one network. No, I don't know. But, <laughs> but regardless, know. this wasn't there's... fake news. And he came out, and I know he was saying it was fake news. One of the greatest things was Sean Hannity coming out and being like, it's the the failing New York Times that's you know putting this out. And then about an hour later, he had to retract it and be like, well, I guess it's it's real news. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk <laughs> that, about it tomorrow. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious <laughs> soundbite. Somebody, somebody catch this ball. Catch this ball. Go long. Go long. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh, fuck Sean that's Hannity. Hilarious. I don't. I don't know if I. Does it matter that. though? I don't. I don't think it actually matters though. I mean, here's when, why. When it's all. When the... I think. I think they're jumping when they get to this whole obstruction. Like, if this is where you're gonna stake your obstruction of justice claim on, I think this is faulty ground to stake it on. I think if he had fired him, you would have more of an argument, but. I mean, are we getting to a point? Look, I don't like Donald Trump, and I think that he is shady, and I think some shit, it, we don't know everything. So do I think that right. there's collusion? I don't know, but I want to know what I don't know. Um, so so there's there's something there. Um, well, remember that in this next segment. Go well, ahead. I think... Yeah, no, I that's... Think the, I, <laughs> I think the Go liberal ahead. argument would be that this is a another example of what they would say is a... Uh, a continuing trend of him trying to thwart the investigation, at least in their eyes, by you know, yeah, but I mean, it, it's, firing Comey. Here's and then the thing: I can, fire this I can man. see it. I can yeah, see I it can too. Totally but see if he that, that point of view, I Go buy ahead. it. I buy it way more though if he had actually done it, because the idea here is we're can you stake and a charge like obstruction of justice on 
basically the fact that he considered something. Like, yeah, he because remember, like the conspiracy to abduct justice. The person that he talked to, and I'm in no way, I think I've made it very evident that I'm in no way a Trump defender, um, because I think most of the time he he trips himself up. I'm not going to defend him for doing stupid shit. But the guy that he told to do it was his counsel, and then his counsel obviously advised against it before getting to the point really, where he, he really said he was going to quit the, the, the lawyer. Because to me, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, that's the one part of the story that I just sit there and go, but why? Why would his lawyer be like, I'm going to fucking quit if you do that? And well, then why would, he, I mean, why would that well, scare him I, so much to be like, oh, no, the, my operation won't work without this lawyer. Well, I, I mean, you've it. seen you've seen uh, a couple of Republicans already come out and said that, you know, if he tries, if he were to have fired him or, you know, try to yeah. fire Mueller, that would be the end of the line. And it would be too reminiscent of the yeah. Saturday Night Massacre with uh, Nixon. So I understand yeah. his, his I could understand his lawyer being like, so this is, if you do this, this is an end game. I have to stop you from doing this. I'm out if you do this. Yeah, yeah. I could see it too. Skin. Yeah, it, I could see it being a, like, dude, you're about to destroy yourself politically, <laughs> and this is the only way to get you from doing it. And we don't know what his relationship is with that. I mean, Donald Trump d- is loyal to the people that he is loyal to. So, yeah. If this person is somebody who has made has been successful in other legal battles or is a personal friend of like like family personal friend of Donald Trump, family close, I mean, um, then like who knows what some what's it would to me it because we don't know enough about Don McGahn and Donald Trump's relationship then you have to kind of wonder, is there somebody else like Donald Trump Jr. or like Ivanka that Donald Trump is close enough to that if they said, dude, I'm out, that would make him change his mind? Because we know he doesn't change his yeah. mind for a lot, but it's not unreasonable to think that if that if it were Donald Trump Jr. or if it were Ivanka, a family member, that he would then step yeah. back. Well, I also so think that it's— I don't know his relationship to... with this dude. Yeah, and it goes to what they're reporting because I'm seeing different reporting where on some articles are saying no, he directed him to fire Mueller, and then in other articles I'm saying well he talked it over as an option, and then he, you know, came back and was like if you do this I'm out. Well, so yeah. and then I, I think you know the other I mean? part I don't is, know. Yeah, I, I think the other thing too is that for a year the White House has been saying that Trump has you know wouldn't fire Mueller has not considered it, and then we it came out yeah he had considered it you know it, even if it would never went yeah. beyond that it was just another instance and of them. Then, yeah, and yeah then to me he, I, I don't I don't care about that He steps into he steps yeah. into a bigger pile of shit when he then lies to the American people about it. Like we don't like that. That's not cool. Don't lie to us. Like, no right. matter who you are, whether you're Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Barack Obama or George Bush and on and on and on and on. Like the American people don't really take kindly to being lied to. And when it's obvious that like, dude, come on, common sense says that you fucking did that because you're fucking dumb <laughs> and you do dumb stuff all the time. So, yeah, no, not like me. Never. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just I it bugs me on two levels. It 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 bugs me that he considered it though i think that the 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 reach to obstruction of justice is a reach too far in this case um but it bugs me that then he would lie about it like just don't say anything yeah. about it 
I mean, that, what's that part the... is annoying. I I don't think it's a big deal though. I don't. But think we, what's way. the argument for it? Why would he end it if he didn't have some ulterior motive? You know, like just because he didn't think it was. I mean, is his argument that he doesn't think there's anything to the Russia story? So then it's just wasting taxpayer dollars. Is that what he's? Well, to me, it it again. If you go back to like episode eleven or twelve or something, You're I was making up off. numbers. You don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was some. It was some early episode where we brought it up, and I said, like, I don't know if I trust this guy. And, you know, we gave all my reasons. I'm sure he's thinking the same thing. You know, if you're in a position where you're going, I don't know if this guy's being fair. Is this a witch hunt? Which he seems to think it is. I'm on the on of the opinion that it looks not a witch hunt, but it definitely looks like he's casting a wider net than he probably should and trying to take other people down. It. You know, yeah. you can I mean, again, say, well, though, is that if I is, have a way to stop this, can I do that? Can I stop him before he just takes down my whole show for no yeah. damn reason? I mean, I, I think about I mean? it had had Bill Clinton tried to fire Ken Starr and prevent, you know, like I think I'm even as a Democrat, I would have said that was too far. You know, you can't fire someone for See, if I, Hillary Clinton got to fire someone for investigating her. I would say, yeah, that's a that's a conflict of interest. Yeah. yeah, me personally, I would have said go for it because I don't think derailing the presidency over a blowjob is a good idea. So regardless of if it happened or not, I would yeah, have been but like, we're fine. not. Ta- yeah, a- but we're not we're not talking about a blowjob here. We're talking about we're talking Obviously about not. an issue with p- potential sovereignty being broken here. Like, yeah, but are we? It, but that's the question, though. Are we actually, if, or is it, it is it already pretty even, much decided that no, there is no Russian interference, and now he's just trying to get people on other little things. Do you stop that? But, Do you okay, say, but, this is what okay, you originally but, but, but were Mitch, that, But Mitch, that doesn't matter now because what we're talking about is we're talking about him. If we're talking about this instance and if we're talking about the fact that they're looking at both Russian collusion and obstruction of justice, the fact right. the, the time that matters, the date that matters is in June when he would have made this decision to impede the investigation. At that time, did we know that there was nothing to Russian collusion? And does it even matter if there is nothing to Russian collusion? The investigation still exists. He can still well, obstruct those, the uh, investigation. And we don't yeah, know that there's not the... anything to Russian collusion because the investigation hasn't no, wrapped we up don't. yet. Mueller has said nothing. I'll, I'll say, yeah, that, that's fine. I'll say, if you look at the evidence that's been presented, it doesn't look like Which there's is any none? Sort of Russian collusion. No, there has been lots of evidence put forward and it's all fallen through. And then also, if you take a look at the uh, text messages between those two, uh, what was it, the, uh, the lawyer and the guy that was working for the uh, FBI, and then they were working on the Mueller case as well. What were their names? Uh, Page, Lisa Page? Yeah, and, Lisa Page um, and uh, Peter Strauss. That's it. You got it. Even they go into it saying, I don't know if we want to be on Mueller's team because there's nothing to this Russia thing. So whether you can take them at their word or not, I don't know. I didn't. I've never know, read that. I'll have to try to look up that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to, we'll have to send it to you because, yeah, that was one of the things that they showed on the, uh, what do you call it, the text messages between them. And then, of course, they lost all the text messages and then they got them back and <laughs> <laughs> if you can it's send that, if you there. can send that tonight, I will link to that in this yeah, episode. Okay, I'm sure I can find it because yeah, it was yeah. Because I've never read there. that, and that is a pretty I don't know pretty. I, I'm surprised that if that's true that I haven't seen that headline a little more. Yeah, I said uh, no. It, it tied into the nothing. The there there. He was like uh, they were talking about joining Mueller's investigation, and she said, or he. I think he said, is, is it a waste of time? Because I don't think there's any there there. And just that. So, again, it's just the musing. It's not like, you know what I mean? But if these guys are plugged into the issue and they don't think there's anything there, 
Yeah. Every, all I mean, the, the, I guess you know, could always... I've seen has been inconclusive at best. Yeah. And it looks always... like he's just casting this <laughs> net to try to just take everyone down. I could see where he's going. Trump would be like, why am I letting this happen? I have the means to fire him. You know, and then probably his counsel is like, it's the optics, dude. It doesn't matter what you're really trying to do. It looks yeah. bad. <laughs> so, it's the, same, so it's the reason it. that the only other president to fire a special counsel has been, you know, impeached. So you don't want to yeah. follow that example, <laughs> obviously. Right. Yeah. Now, also, he was guilty. So. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but I mean, they're, you know, they've already found, you know, at least four instances of crime. So, you know, the fact that they found yeah. crime. But again, those are. To investigate. Yeah, but, then, but again, those crimes they found had nothing to do with what they were supposed to be there for. And and yeah. again, we could argue whether or not that that's good or bad that they caught them in those crimes. That's fine, but it has nothing to do with Russia and the yeah, Russia and well, I mean, and then or, some that, guy who hasn't about. And then some guy who has not yet joined Mueller's campaign saying there's nothing there. He doesn't know. He's not on the campaign. You can't take that as evidence that yeah. there's nothing in there. Well, he was in the FBI, so he was he was plugged into the uh, Comey's right, team, but there was. And, and, Right, but there was no Russian investigation, so he could not have yeah, known well, they did. that they there also was going to be, especially uh, if his opinion was that there was nothing there. Like, he could not yeah, have again, known that that's where that was going to go. Plus, yeah, again, you know, that's fine. We could, we'll, we could take all that with a, uh, you know, a grain of salt, but bottom yeah. line is I haven't seen anything that suggests that Rus there was Russian collusion. And we have found evidence of other crimes, but they had nothing to do with Russia. And isn't that the point of this? Isn't this supposed to be a Russian probe? And then... You know what I mean? Like it seems that's yeah, where the, I mean, the, the whole witch hunting thing comes forward. But again, is it looks like they're but not again, doing that. When the special counsel was assigned, and I've cited this every time that we've talked about Bob Mueller, when he was assigned, he was assigned for two reasons: Russian collusion, which is what James Comey's job was, and and then obstruction and obstruction of justice, which resulted as yeah, the, because of the, the firing of found. J well, I believe it even Maybe. says like <laughs> right. Well, we I can believe... keep saying that maybe, but they're finding – you can see what they've obviously found. They found things with uh, – what's his name? Manafort, and they found things with Flynn. Neither of them had to do with obstruction of justice And, and Gates Russian and collusion. Papadopoulos. Yeah, Gates again, Papadopoulos. Had, Gates, was, Gates was part of Manafort. He was his yeah. second-in-command or right. his right-hand man, whatever. Or, or a coffee and boy Bannon, if Trump's be to, be, to be believed. And Bannon struck a deal which, as we decided in the Flynn segment, means that he's probably got something to say. Um, I don't think he's got anything. And to, we to haven't heard what Flynn has to say to. yet. Again, I don't think this – it would have leaked. It would have been you done can, by now. You can think whatever you want, but until it's yeah. out there, we don't know. So That's fine. It just – again, it looks like it's not going in that direction. It looks like I'm I'm broken into your house to see if you're illegally downloading, and I'm actually just rummaging through your underwear drawer. It has I nothing don't know. to do with what I'm actually <laughs> supposed to be there. I love but... – you've used, you've used an example – of that you've used that example like six times on the show and you've changed what happens when you get into the house i was about to say i was like it's a new one motherfucker so i didn't use that one before this is guys, <laughs> right. this is no that Mitch was is just planning a, a robbery one. at this point that. gotta keep gotta keep it gotta evolve that's how it works right but yeah so again we can talk till we're blue in the face but the, the it tends to be the every two weeks there's a non-story that has to do with russia that blows up in the news doesn't go anywhere and so well, that's fine whatever right. <laughs> but, well, we'll see what happens yeah. i mean i i don't disagree with you but i'm still not convinced 
because of the obvious cover up, like I'm not convinced that there's nothing there, and I'm not convinced that the investigation and and I feel like Democrats it, are if it is like, if it is a witch hunt, then like there's no way it's going to end until they find something. So exactly, which is why as Trump, you could probably see like I need to put a stop to this. They're just going to try to take down my presidency. And but real dude, but that's you're in, that's what they do. If though. You are that's Trump, what politics and if is. That, Go ask Bill Clinton. Well, and if that is the scenario, then you're going to lose anyway. Because if you do, if you do exert your power to remove that nuisance, then let me uh, let me take the keys for a second here, and I'm going to drive us down this hypothetical highway like we often do, and say, what if Hillary Clinton won? And it's the second that she won, Republicans just hardcore drummed up the Benghazi thing, and for whatever stupid reason, everyone decided to believe it. And now it was just 100% Benghazi The difference all the time. is Benghazi was over and Russia isn't. Yeah, but this is why we're on the hypothetical highway, where it isn't. And so I'm saying that it's the, in this scenario, it's the same thing. And, it, you know, we're four or five years down the road, and they keep saying it's about Benghazi, but they keep trying to go after the Clinton Foundation. Do you think she would have, be within her rights to shut them down? No. No? I don't, I don't think someone should be allowed to fire not really someone doing who's investigating what they're supposed them. To do? I'm but sorry? if they're not doing their job, and it's pretty fucking clear that they're not, like I mean, here's well, here's first of all, thing, this isn't five years after. Think... We're barely a year after this investigation, so we're not to the point. Yeah, of, well, I'm here... saying right now it looks no, no, like here, it. it's not here, to that let me, obvious point. Yeah, let me put it this way: Do you think in 2014 that if Jason Stockley could have fired the the investigators looking into him, if it was within his power, would that be the right move? Like, well, no, you haven't found not... anything. It's been three years. This is a witch hunt. No, because they were doing their jobs. They were looking in the right spots. Right. They weren't and bringing they're... him up on any other charges. They were looking at, oh, they were looking at that particular Well, I believe, I'm talking I believe about... Robert Mueller what? was given authority to look at any crimes committed therein. Like, look at Russia investigation, yeah, I look know, at collusion, and then any crimes associated. It That's is. kind of the problem. That's the it point. Is, it is a wide net. Like, I agree. So, yeah. yeah that's fucked I, up. That'd be like giving congressional Republicans, hey, just look at Hillary Clinton in perpetuity and just find something. And you have the authority to just do that forever. I mean, what yeah, but fuck? we're, we're bitching <laughs> about something that – this isn't new to Trump, though. Like, this is something that has affected no. – you know, I mean, Clinton Clinton went through this. Bush went through – you know, lots of presidents right. have had to deal with this, this you know, investigation – but I feel like it was always focused, and I feel like this isn't focused. It it's wasn't just, focused. Whitewater turned into a blowjob. Yeah, that was not. Yo, no, it was the what was more focused was the way they handled it because they handled it with more grace yeah. than the way Trump has handled this. Because he's acted that. in such a vindictive him, way, it makes everyone seem like yeah, it looks like you have something to hide because you're trying so hard to yeah, get rid of it. I wouldn't call uh, Bill Clinton standing up and lying under oath real, real graceful, but. Uh, but at least dude. he fucking lied and he didn't forget everything, right? Like, uh, I remember also, what I, I just said about lying. I think but we're splitting hairs on this one, fellas. Approval like, rating. <laughs> yeah, again, I think we're splitting hairs on this one. I don't think that either of them are being very graceful given the situations in front of them. No, not However, at all, but Clinton didn't try to fire yeah, Ken Starr. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, and that... Right. that and again, I don't think again like to bring us back around to to the topic. Like I don't think that because he considered or ch- attempted to fire him that that is necessarily obstruction of justice. I think had he succeeded, oh, no. you would have a much better case for that. Um 
Well, he'd but, have to prove that, that it was actually a witch hunt. And since he can't yeah. do that, and at least, like, yeah, at least from any information that I've seen, doesn't, you know, I've got my own opinions, but there's no smoking gun that's spewing out ducks to where I can point yeah. to and say, hey, look, that's the fucking spot right there. So, yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, we solved that problem. So, <laughs> moving on into another big story. Uh, let's see. Keep it kind of along the same lines here. Another another corruption charge. Um, today is Monday, the 29th, and Republicans in the House of Representatives were calling for the public release of a classified four-page memo they say shows a shocking misuse of power by people at the highest levels of the FBI and Department of Justice in relation to the Trump campaign surveillance. Those advocating for the release of the memo written by California Republican Representative Devin Nunez have pushed the trending Twitter hashtag, hashtag release the memo for the cause. In addition to members of Congress, some of the greatest advocates for the document's release have been shocker fox news anchor sean hannity and the president's <laughs> son donald trump jr so and that was a uh, newsweek piece by the way so so brandon <laughs> how do you feel about that how do i feel about what well here's the i you can release whatever you want as long as you also here, here's the problem i have with the way that this situation has been handled and the vote that happened today. The de- the Democrats, who have also had access to whatever, um, to the same 200 pages or whatever that Devin Nunes is commenting on, um, they also wrote a memo that completely contradicts whatever the memo that's about to re- be released says, as you would assume the other side would do in this case. But that one's no, not going to... I didn't hear that it contradicted. I heard that it added context. It, they're saying that, that uh, Nunez's memo is written deceptively. Yeah, it's it, written... It, it, it's, leaves, yeah, it leaves out key facts that make certain things relevant, so it, it makes it appear worse right. than it is, is how I Which read it. Which it very yeah. well... Yeah, which it very well may. I don't it know. It very well does. Come on. Are you buying the guy? The, this guy's story is, Let's well, I it. just I just want it out there because I care about the rule of law. Really? You're the guy who picked up a piece of paper and ran the fuck down to the White House in the yep. fourth hour of this presidency. Fuck you. Here's why I love this story. Because it goes it, – every single thing that you've been saying is wrapped into this on the other side. Yeah, so, it is. A, you have to be for releasing the memo because continually you've said, "Yeah, I yeah, am. give me all of the data." We, we totally but on top of it, you constantly your your argument for so many times throughout this whole Russia thing was no smoke without fire. And but and then looking at the way that the uh, here's the, the problem FBI, with this. The Department of Justice are freaking out over this memo, saying you can't release it, you can't release it. You're going off of what you said no, before. No, no. You'd Here, have to be like, "Oh, it looks real shady." No, not ducks. I, I absolutely think that it does look shady. I also think that the next story, we can t- kind of tie in Andy McCabe's resignation into yeah. this story because I think that makes it look even shadier. But here's what here's uh, where potentially. I— Potentially. I don't know where that's going to swing the needle because it could go either way on that one. Here's where I have an issue with the memo, though. That Devin Nunez, his memo is going to be released. The Democrats' memo is not going to be released because Republicans don't have to well, release it. So that's shady as shit. And also, keep in have, mind— And Devin Nunez didn't have access to what he's commenting yes. on. So 
<laughs> he's the he's the chairman of the uh he d- but there's so no but, but they're so he has highly classified that he has not seen the he has seen a portion of the overall evidence yeah, I have a hard time believing he, he didn't citing... have access to a lot of that information again he's the chairman of the intelligence uh what do you call it committee the majority of really... the, intel- the major we talked about this last week the majority of the intelligence community can't doesn't have mm-hmm. access to these documents yeah but he's the chairman yeah he, he, I'm I not of the community I've, I've of the times, congressional committee I don't know. I don't know what he has access to and what he literally all all of the congressmen that have been on TV this week talking about this memo have said none of us have seen what he's talking about in here because we're not allowed to period. (laughs) Is it possible that someone leaked it? So that's why I have a I don't know. Anything's possible. Mitch pigs can fly possibly, but (laughs) I I don't think I can do that. I have a I have trouble believing that, and, and I'm totally for it. I want to read it just as bad as everybody does. But I feel like the the temperature that is accompanying the Republicans want to push this out and the fact that it's Devin Nunez who has already had to recuse himself from what he's about to talk about in this memo and the fact that all of the other congressmen are saying, we haven't seen this, we don't have access to that, puts in question what we're about to get. Period. Uh, see, I look at it a different way. To me, I want to read the memo, obviously. I think that Hashtag. Democrats saying – the Democrats voting on party lines and and saying, you know, oh, we don't have access to that. That's just – to me, is just – that's standard po- politics. They do that every time. The Republicans come out and say, oh, there's no way that we could possibly know this. And then they say, oh, no, we definitely do. And then Republicans come out and say, oh, I know this. And they say, oh, no, there's no way you could know that. To right. me, it just sounds like the same old shit. Uh, the thing that, that does strike me, though, is how badly the uh, Justice uh, Department of Justice and the FBI don't want this to come out. So well, that say, makes me but, interested. But well, it's based on information like that is still classified. Right. And yeah, the reasoning but, is that it puts witnesses it, – it, like it, it will reveal witnesses. It will, like, it will harm their – their investigative their investigatory power or their procedures because going forward after these people are are outed used, in, obviously <laughs> in, in in this memo then they're not going to get cooperation from witnesses when right. they're so yeah like that's a legitimate that's a Chelsea there, Manning like hey don't release the names of fucking people because bad shit can happen well, I, again i think that but Again, it depends on what's in it. If it's actually something that's damning, that you know, it might be, oh, you get someone's name, but you know, the payoff is huge that it blows this whole thing out of the water, which I don't think it will. But let's no, say that because it does. it's still it's still just one man's opinion on like we haven't seen the source information. This is just some one man summary yeah. of something he read. So either way, this right, is not yeah. going to be undeniable. That's fine. It's somebody who's all again, obviously biased with anonymous sources. He's all he Devin Nunes is about as good to the Russian investigation as Jeff Sessions is. <laughs> so That's fine, but again, we, we, this isn't anything new. We've got both sides that continually show us, uh, you know, anonymous sources that the sources don't come forward, and everyone makes a big deal out of it because oh, it could be true. So I think that it's it's un it's a little unfair in my opinion to not treat his with the same that we treated all of the Washington Post and the New York Times. All I'm saying is don't don't be surprised when it's everything you expected it to be. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm taking this with a grain of salt. I'm interested in seeing it is all I'm saying. I don't oh, I am it. too. I agree with Obviously, that. Obviously, I don't believe I anything that anyone says on this fucking thing. I don't even right. fucking trust Mueller all the way. Because, again, this is just too politicized at this point. I'll look at the evidence, and if it actually has evidence, that one way or the other, or is something that could corroborate other evidence, we'll take a look at it. But right. yeah, I do want to see it. I do think that... Um, I agree with you FBI, on that. Like, I'm, I'm not... I'm not arguing here why we shouldn't see it because I also would like to see what it is. But I think that like redact the names, like unless they're absolutely important, redact them. Because that's what Chelsea Manning did. I wanted to see her talked about that already. Did they? I I believe they met with somebody and they're going to possibly redact. Like that's what the FBI and the the DOJ has been worried about. Okay. It's not, it's not just an FBI thing. This is Trump's own DOJ. This is Sessions and, you know, the department of justice saying, Hey, we also have a problem with you doing this. Let us redact the information. Let us at least coordinate the release of this. Yeah. And obviously I don't like that Sessions motherfucker. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't give a shit what he says. Fucking don't smoke a weed. Keep he's not wrong regardless. here, though. Like, he's not wrong here. <laughs> well, and it's not necessarily him. Well, it's it the depends whole Department on what's of in Justice. It. Yeah, again, it depends on what's in it. If it's something, if it's like, oh, don't don't release the name of one guy who's not even active anymore, and yeah. then we don't get any information, I'm not on board for that. I mean, my if prediction, you know, the, I have a prediction that it's going to be very inflammatory with absolutely nothing to back it up. It's going to, Democrats yeah. will think that it's nothing, Republicans it's will think that it's course. everything. And it won't have done anything to like make, switch anybody's mind, you know. Yeah. Again, that seems to be the central thing with the whole Russia thing. And I imagine else. there's that really nothing. To, I imagine to, that to, it's to, a Crayola drawing of James Comey <laughs> with devil horns. That that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. imagine. You try writing. Yes. You try writing a 200 page memo and then come talk to me again. Fucking <laughs> devil horn picture. Get out of here. <laughs> right. How the fuck is that a memo? That's a that's a research. That's not paper. a memo. Yeah. That's a <laughs> like, fucking yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> I put a memo on like a half sheet of paper. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> memo, pick up dry cleaning. I don't actually dry right. clean my clothes. I don't need to. So, about, I, so uh, when did you get fancy on this, Brandon? What about McCabe then? What? What about McCabe? Andrew uh, McCabe is stepping down. Do, uh, well, which way do you think that needle goes? Here's where I think it'll go. Uh, well, I actually tend to agree w- that it'll go – or I agree with Frank's last point. I think it'll go the same way that Democrats will be like, this is nothing. And Republicans will be like, see, this is proof. Um, but <laughs> was I, scheduled to resign in March. Yeah. You know? And that's why I kind of think now I'm interested in the timing of this. Like, this is one of these stories where the day that the, the day that like the FBI is like running over to Congress being like, Hey, don't effing vote on this and release this is the same day that the acting deputy director resigns. Like the timing is weird, but he was, he was scheduled to, yeah, re- yeah. he was scheduled to this, to resign or to retire in like the first week of March. And there is an acting FBI director now that has been sworn yeah. in for a couple of months. I just, I don't know that his, that his job was necessarily as well, important out, as too. it like, he was. was just like, I'm going on vacation until retirement. Like, right. See ya. I can't remember what they called it, like a terminal vacation or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was uh, ominous. Where it's like, yeah, get the fuck out. 
So I don't know if he's just you know I'll, I'll see you guys. I'm in the Bahamas for the next fucking month and a half. I don't know. I so. think so. I think it. I think it probably it has a, a lot to do with the fact that it was already coming up and the fact that like there's been a lot. I of already pro- thought that he there's was been a lot of pressure on him from yeah. Trump. Um, well, and, we saw that interview a long time ago that he gave where he got all flustered. They were like talking to him about Comey, and he was like, you know, did Comey ever? leak anything or did he ever you know look like he was biased or anything and he got kind of upset and was like no never he would never do that and like was that kind of pissed me off where i was like just answer the questions you don't have to get all pissy about everything right so i don't know to me it makes sense that he probably it's clear that he didn't like trump so again when we look at it and you say is anything actually happening trump's not likable we all know that but are people that are in establishment positions actively working against him? That's the question. And if they have any sort of proof or even leanings that that's happening, because I think that's one of those things where we talk about common sense. We all kind of feel like that's the way it's going. These guys don't like Trump, and if they can trip him up, they probably will. But is it well, crossing any lines? That's and yeah. But I mean, it just I mean, this is nothing new. This has been the political game. And to say that people don't like Trump, yeah, sixty percent of the country doesn't like him. You're going to find, especially in a very liberal <laughs> D.C., most of the people in D.C. probably don't like him. Yeah. You know, that's it's nothing new to me. by the way. What is it? <laughs> so I, I think that, again, I think that uh, it could go either way. Uh, it could be, hey, this guy was, we might have some evidence that he was working against Trump. I don't know, doing something, and that would bend it towards the Republicans. Or it could be that fucking Donald Trump fired him or pushed him out. <laughs> And got him the fuck out of here, which would bend the needle more towards Democrats. I don't know where this is going to fall. That There's no details. He's tight-lipped. No one's talking about this in any sort of substance. I have no fucking clue. I do think the timing's a little bit weird, just kind of like how uh, Trump yeah, and is. Uh, Hillary's houses both simultaneously catch on fire. It's a little yeah. weird. Yeah, little weird. and, and <laughs> one World of the accusers <laughs> of Roy Moore. <laughs> yeah. yeah like illuminati that was all like the same weekend that was that was fucking i don't know weird. man uh, i've never had a fire that just, just spontaneously combusted inside of my house you, where it was just like oh my goodness well how has wait, this just, been here just wait mitch if you say something inflammatory i'm sure they'll get us too <laughs> it only got my laptop i never i don't know i don't know what happened right. it's so weird so all right let's uh let's switch into switch topics real quick into a local story um in an attempt to prove that we are that Missouri we are Alabama's first cousin um we have <laughs> a we ha- we have an awesome story um and I'm probably just going to read a good portion of this St. Louis Post Dispatch article because like it's just it's good um but this dude does look like he he does look like James Bond Cortland Sykes 37 is running as a Republican for U.S. US Senate seat in Missouri. He is challenging Claire McCaskill um, as well as the Republican frontrunner, Attorney General Josh Hawley. Um, So here we go with this Post-Dispatch article. America, meet Cortland Sykes, and don't say we didn't warn you. The fringy U.S. Senate candidate has lately become known to Missourians a little for campaign videos that look like James Bond parodies. What scant debate he's spawned in the state's political 
world has centered mainly on whether his coiffed and squinting political persona is genuine or satiric. But now that persona has prompted a flood of outrage of outraged national media attention after Sykes reposted this month an anti-feminist screed that he originally sent to the Post-Dispatch last fall. I want to come home to a home-cooked dinner at 6 every night, one that his fiance fixes and one that I expect one day to have daughters learn to fix after they become traditional homemakers and family wives, Sykes wrote in his statement to the newspaper last fall, in which he recently reposted on his Facebook page. Um, and there's this. I don't buy into, radic into radical feminism's crazed definition of modern womanhood. They made it up to suit their own nasty snake-filled heads. And this. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I want daughters to build home-based enterprises and live in homes shared with good husbands, and I don't want them to grow up into career-obsessed banshees who forego home life and children and the happiness of family to become nail-biting, manophobic, hell-bent feminist she-devils. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> that's how you really feel. <laughs> like, yeah. so Jesus. This, uh, let's see. It didn't. It was a. This was originally posted. The story originally ran in October, um, and it didn't generate much controversy then. But and the paper goes on to say that's probably because that story and others made it clear that Sykes' out of nowhere candidacy, no experience, no name recognition, no money, and those loopy campaign videos wasn't being taken seriously in in Missouri political circles. Um, but he is now. Yeah, but apparently this is now. how low we've sunk, guys. Right. Well, where is uh we might want to consider running for senator. If this is if it's this damn easy, I think one of us can get away with it. I love Oh yeah, definitely. That this article um man, where is it? I know that it basically ends with Okay, but in recent days, via mysterious anonymous of the political internet, the echoes of his comments suddenly were bouncing around such venues as the Washington Post, CBS News, Time, and the Huffington Post, and of course Twitter, which basically melted down this week over the political candidate who at last report had raised a grand total of $500 for his Senate campaign. Um, who the fuck gave him $500? Uh, right. <laughs> So his, David Duke's like, I like this. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. The Phelps family. Um, <laughs> the yeah. So my guess it, here. Well, I don't know. It's Missouri. And like I said, we're not that far from Alabama. Like it is very possible. Missouri that, is awesome. That, you shut your mouth. That this is a <laughs> that this is a real candidate. But I'm hoping based on those ridiculous tweets that he's not. Although. Joe Arpaio, Roy Moore, Chelsea Manning. Like, we're kind of in the Twilight yep. Zone at this point. Yeah. A little so, bit. Um, Oprah, and just, Oprah's running. No. And, and just to point out, Claire McCaskill actually did uh, talk about him. Like, apparently she's taking him serious she, enough to, to field questions about well, it. Well, yeah, she, I saw her post something today that was like, can you fucking believe this? She didn't, though. Like, she made, a, like, a non-statement. She was asked about it, and she said, look, his, his statements do she not. She ran an ad against him. Did she? I'm, yeah, yeah, just, just, just today I saw it. Huh. Well, it's interesting that she that she did that. When she was first asked about it um, over the weekend, her response was that his comments 
don't dignify a response. So I'm, I'm surprised. I probably would have gone with I mean, that because she basically just gave him advertising with yeah. her ad against him. I wonder. Like, no then, I wonder if it. Is. But I wonder if it was her ad or if it was like a super pack. But I'm you sure got to think. This is McCaskill too. This is what McCaskill does. She yeah. takes the safe route until everyone, CNN, if everyone's talking about it, and then she obviously has to make a statement because she is, you know, from yeah. Missouri. She's got to represent her state. This is just That's what she does. Yeah, she's cautious. Yeah, so I like her. Uh, I mean, I think. What do you guys think I of think... his chances? Oh, his chances are none. Whose chances? <laughs> this guy. This he guy's little chance. Faith. No, he's got no chance. <laughs> no, no. I think this is a unanimous fuck you all the way around. Um, yeah. I I don't think that he's gonna. Taint gonna happen. No, Josh Hawley. Like I think if he decides that he ever wants to campaign, that he has a <laughs> decent chance. But I do, But I honestly, I really think that Claire McCaskill is just too smart of a politician. I don't always agree with what she does, and I have been very loud over the last year about not liking most of her personality traits at least the way that she normally plays the political game because i think she does do like she does do that a lot where the popular opinion is out there and then she comes out a couple weeks later and it's like yeah me too um right you know but i but i mean i'm watching this campaign and i'm just like dude she she's gonna win like she's gonna win this because she's smart enough to know how to beat her opponents so We'll see. It'll be close. Maybe. She doesn't. Josh Hawley's probably not going to have a Todd Akin moment. But Republicans seem to have Todd Akin yeah. moments. So, you know, like, it's anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find out. So, um, last story is, uh, yeah, is a lighthearted one. But it's so awesome for me personally. Like, it's not. I brought up Eminem more on this show than I think that I thought or talked about Eminem in like the last. Just for 50, the record, I don't years. like Eminem and I don't listen to Eminem, so I have no fucking clue. Like every no, time you guys start talking about Eminem, no, I'm just like yeah, I don't no. Know. Here's here's what's about to happen. The story isn't about Eminem; it's about Jay Z. But what it's about is no, no, about Jay Z. <laughs> that Jay Z um, was on Van Jones' show and was talking about how Donald Trump's comments about shithole countries was very hurtful and that, you know, it was about the tone and whatever. And then Donald Trump tweeted that somebody told Jay-Z that black unemployment numbers are the lowest ever. And the reason that I bring up Eminem is because for six months, this Eminem has been trying to, has been egging Donald Trump on to say something so that he can get some motivation to not write a shit ass album that he put out three weeks ago. (laughs) And the, and Donald Trump like just happens to turn on CNN and is like, you know what? I, I want some beef with this other rapper. Like, that's amazing. I've, I've, Eminem's career is probably over as a result. But and we already talked. We we already folks. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through that sentence like it's fact. Um, <laughs> but we talked about it earlier that unemployment numbers are, but that that's that that's a moreover a true statement that that black unemployment numbers are at a historic low. Um, but. I, there is an article um, that I can actually link to in or that we can link to in the comments and 
it, it kind of goes over the breakdown still of inequality between the races. So, yes, it's a true statement. There's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, and they also – there's a graph there that points out that this has been um, improving since 2011. So Trump can try to take all the credit he wants for it, but this has been an overreaching like trend that he just happened to get elected into. So it's not like he can sit there one. and say, I'm the black man's best friend because that's not – he's you know – that's really well. Not he did the release way. the. Well, he released the situ- uh, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He allowed the market to be the job market to be the way that it is, which allowed more jobs to be able to bring more people in and employ more people. Yeah, but yeah, so and, if, if, be like, and if, if he wanted to say that, that's fine. But he, the way he's saying it, is more like. I'm the best thing that best president for black people of all time. Well, he, yeah. he said that black unemployment at an all time low, and it is. It is, but that's yeah, that's a no, trend started from 2011, and from our pre- our predecessor president, not him. He cannot take 100 yeah, uh, percent of the cl- claim, and that's what he's trying to do. I don't know if he's trying to take 100. percent I think that it sounds like he's just stating the fact that hey, this is what we've been doing, and it's working for all communities. Right, and I don't, looks. and I don't disagree with his statement because it's factually correct. I just think that that, but I do agree with with Frank that there is the the he's using it the way that Frank is saying that he's using it in my opinion he is using it so as to be like I am what's good for the black community but this is this was already happening and there I mean there is evidence to show that this was already happening and that brings up another point that the Republicans like to always challenge Barack Obama's legacy with what did you do for the black community well here's mm-hmm. some evidence that he did some things for the black community and we'll yeah we'll put the graphs in the uh, the show notes and you can look for yourself and decide whatever you think but I'm just saying that's just my personal take on it also don't pick a, a rap battle with Jay-Z like he'll He's got time on his yeah. hands to sit there and work on a new album, man. You have to run the country. <laughs> He's gonna win. Yeah. Plus, he can Again, put uh, he can put Queen B on that shit, and like it's over. Yeah. Like yeah. One, you you don't one. don't take on Beyonce, man. Come on. Yeah. See, I don't know about. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Beyonce or Jay Z. I don't give a shit. Like they to me, every time I see them, they just seem like they're not saying. It's like a Kim Kardashian. Well, then you thing would never like, be why? nominated for the Democratic Party's. Uh, <laughs> No. Oh dang! What <laughs> yeah. am I gonna do? Because if you <laughs> oh, don't, oh no! Because if you don't give a shit about what Jay Z thinks, you are not a friend of the Democratic Party. So sorry, just, I don't. Or, and or it, a when it goes back to your, yeah, and then going. Well, yeah, of course not. Uh, <laughs> although I did like their college incentive that they that they put forward. That was pretty good. But uh, I think going back to your graph, I don't give a fuck either about the unemployment rates for any individual uh, race. I think look at the accumulated wealth. That's a better graph to look at. Pull that one up and see did wealth for African Americans grow under Obama or did they just get spin, you know, sign spinning jobs and didn't go anywhere with with the money that they were making? Or that cuz again, it's easy to just say, "Hey, look, we're we're getting more jobs, but are they good jobs?" And if they're not good jobs, is that something you really want to take credit for? So those are the things that I think we need to look at. I mean, I think uh, when so- you're talking to somebody who's unemployed, uh, like yeah you want to take credit for a job period yeah but is it a dead-end job i mean that's the thing you could it, if that it was the is whole thing a dead-end job better than no job no it's not because it stagnates you it keeps you it, it actually stifles your uh forward mobility it's a dead-end job try, it's not I think going people anywhere trying to pay their bills in that moment would disagree with you 
yeah. but they're not going to be able to pay their bills because again, they're not going to be able to pay their bills the if they don't have a same, job. Well, of course, you're just supposed to work and get another. You're supposed to go into training programs, which is what they want us to do. Is if you want to get onto unemployment that's, benefits, that's you need fantastic. To be trained you, into a new career. That's fantastic if you that's live in a place point. where there's a training facility. But if you live in the country and you don't own a car and your only option is a shit job, you better take that shit job because the only other option is living on the streets. Like it's 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 where well, you again, live. And opportunity plays a big role into it. Like it's it's, yeah, it's, and it's and easy right to now say we're go dealing get with a, a lot of job, It's a lot harder to do that. Well, we're at full employment, so there are lots of good jobs out there to be had. So it isn't that hard to go find a job right now. Maybe at a different time, yeah, I could see it. But right now, there's a lot of jobs out there, They're, and wages are going up because they're trying to bring in as many people as they can. So, that, again, a dead-end job isn't a good job. You don't want to get into that because you don't have any upward mobility. That's how we keep the middle class growing, and that's how we keep our economy growing is there needs to be – very there needs to be a good level of upward mobility that's what it's all about so right. if you just sit there and say hey look how low my job my unemployment rate is i don't really care show me how what the <coughs> what the mobility rate is show me what the accumulated wealth rate is right is that going up because if I, it's not we're not going anywhere i don't disagree with any of those points but i think i think that you're both right like i because i think that there is that there is a there is a long term way to look at it which is the way that you're looking at it and i think that there is a short term way of looking at it which is the way that Fra- and a situational way of looking at it which oh, is the way that you Frank call me short sighted <laughs> and no 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 <laughs> no no, no. i know not. i I'm think he did shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i but you know i like i i don't think either idea is wrong um I just think that it's inter- that that you you can't have it all like it. Donald Trump can't. Well, that's a, yeah, that's the problem with the with the Democratic Party is they want to just give everyone the shittiest job that doesn't do anything and then just raise their wages up to fifteen dollars. Right, you I, can't do that. No, I I understand that, but in situationally, a job is better than no job. If I'm having a kid. To in nine months, the economist part of me is upset with you for saying that. That's fine. There's a thing called opportunity cost, people. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that that's all great. But like again, if you that's the difference between accounting and economics. If you <laughs> if you have if you have bills to pay now, you need money now. You can then start thinking later well, that's about certainly true. how to move into a better job. I agree. We want better jobs than shit jobs i agree with you. oh definitely but yeah but if there is only an availability in to shit jobs it's better than no job like and that's and that's all i meant by yeah you do want to take credit for that because to that guy who was out of work for six months or whatever that meant something whether it means something to you in the grand scheme of economics that's fine it meant something to him and that's what matters in his life so you can't just write that off i know i can't again i still just fundamentally disagree with Ed job is better than no job because i just think that if you look at the numbers no but i just explained to you why that's true I get it. I get how you're presenting it, but it it's also not true. Like if you're going to if you're going to de- in the long term detriment your life by taking this shitty job where you replace a piece of wood and you're standing on the side of the road and you don't go anywhere, 
and you're just living paycheck to paycheck and then you get uh, tied into all these benefits and there's there's no upward mobility, you're worse off I agree. than if you just take a risk but, and you just go out there and try it, to find something this, and you move. But the you, situation matters, Mitch, because if the because if the difference is like you're not wrong either. But if yeah. I'm faced well, with having, if I'm too, faced with having move. to pay for a surgery, a life-saving surgery mm-hmm. for a family, like I'm, a, I'm probably not going to do that on a shit job anyway. But if I, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like if I have to pay something now that has to be done, right. if I have to buy my insulin or whatever, um, mm-hmm. then like you can't say that like, oh, you yeah. should have just, you should have waited because upward mobility. Fuck that! I needed to no. live, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that that that's a fine example. I think a, a big problem we're having with American economics right now, and with our uh, mindset for millennials and the next generation. Uh, we why, vote for celebrities. What is it? Next? No, is it the even the the previous generation is as well? People don't want to move, for whatever reason, they don't want to go anywhere. So even if they're stagnated, if they're not doing anything, where before people would be like, "Fuck it, I'm on the boat." I'm going to a new country. That's where the opportunity is at. Even if they know that they're down, you know, 35 miles into town is where opportunities are. They don't want to move. It's weird. I saw a whole bunch of this information and different graphs on it and how it's really hurting our economy because people just aren't willing to take risks. They just, they're comfortable. This generation grew up in the the worst recession since the great depression. Yeah. You also have to, to you also have to point out that the best economic times, you know, your we, your rent is now. I think it's like forty percent of most incomes goes towards rent, where it used to be ten percent. Like it is, there, there's other reasons yeah. why people don't want to move, just beyond you know generational yeah. you know, thinking. Well, it, it, back in the day too. I mean, they would just travel. You know, they yeah. wouldn't have houses, they wouldn't have rent, they wouldn't have jobs when they were doing it, but they do work along the way. You know, and there are jobs out there that still offer that, but people just don't want to do them. They don't want to and. There's not as many either. There's not as many manufacturing jobs, and there's not as many pass-throughs because of the regulations that have gone through it. You can't just take a guy off the street, you know, standing at Home Depot and say, "Hey, do you want to work? I got some landscaping to do. Let's go. Let's get it done." Most of the time, you can't do that because you've got laws now. So there's a lot of these little things that kind of, you know, build into it. But I think that when it comes to jobs, we're at a good. We're, at a good spot. There's, there's really no reason to sit around and say, hey, let's not look for a better job if you're not making ends meet. If you're making ends meet, then fine. That's great. Try to move up in your job. But if you're not making ends meet, then yeah, you might yep. want to start looking. Right. And this segment, that this or this topic took on a totally different path than I expected it to. But, <laughs> at, the, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the – they're really what Trump tweeted at Jay Z has nothing to do with what Jay Z said in the first place, right? Nah, that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't care what Jay Z so says. So, what my takeaway from this? I think Jay Z runs New York. It's also, <laughs> I think it's also the whole thing. Like, don't claim you don't watch a lot of TV and then tweet at a guy who was just on TV <laughs> talking about you. you know, like, like literally every day. Every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how you don't believe that he watches eight hours of TV. Uh, come on. You have to know that as soon as it's blowing up on Twitter, someone has tweeted him, hey, can you check out this shit they're saying about you or whatnot? Yeah. And apparently you know he has I mean? the time oh, like, to fucking do it. Uh, it. Come on. It is a likely story. A likely story. Yeah. And it's it's cold here because not 
Russia, right? Yeah. Okay. Dude, I just right. hey, exactly. just to point this out, I like Jay Z, I like rap, and I didn't even know Jay Z was on that talk show talking about Trump until Trump tweeted <laughs> at him. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that if Jay Z starts talking about either of you, someone is going to hit you up and let you know. You're well, yeah, but man, if I'm the president, the hopefully other. I would be too busy to be like I the he the president shouldn't give a damn what <laughs> well, Jay Z says. I'm, yeah, and if I'm President Trump, then by that logic, somebody's hitting me up literally every second to be like, "Did you hear yeah. that they're talking about you?" Like you're the fucking president, yeah. duh. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Let's end it with duh. So, um, yeah. <laughs> on on that note, I do want to say real quick before we end this that um, these next couple episodes might come out they might be a little bit later um we, i i'm not 100 percent sure Ruffer. right now <laughs> right now we're in the middle huh. of um because i'm because i'm so close like i mentioned at the beginning of the show so close to having my second son it he's, will be here in just a couple of weeks um and my time is gonna be crazy at you know just how i fit in this show and editing and all that stuff so right now we're in the process of trying to transition the the producing aspect of the show over to frank so like i'm kind of kind of showing him the the ropes and so i'm going to try to pass this torch off so that being said i i guarantee you there will be a learning curve because there still is for me um and so we're going to try to get them out as fast as possible and you know, I'll still, uh, we'll get them. There will still be one every week. I just cannot promise how how quickly. Um, they're not all. They're not going to be every Tuesday. I promise you that. So, um, but we'll anyway, see. So I have just... no life. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe they will. Actually, what I would imagine will happen at some point is they'll probably get a little bit better on timing because, like, a big part of the timing issue now is the fact that. There are times when I should be editing the show, but instead I got to be dad, which is the obviously the more responsible decision to make in that situation. So you know, I, I kind of choose that one and take care of my son. But anyway, yep. so and we, I get to be we'll irresponsible see. and choose passion. <laughs> right. So anyway, on that note, um, we'll call it a week. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TDAP2017. Shows will be available weekly on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are found. And uh, yeah, with that, here it is, your alternative fact of the week. Thanks. Now tonight, for example, they're trying to change the story. At this hour, the New York Times is trying to distract you. They have a story that Trump wanted Mueller fired sometime last June, and our sources, and I've checked in with many of them, they're not confirming that tonight. And the president's attorney dismissed the story and says, no, no comment, we're not going there. And how many times has the New York Times and others gotten it wrong? All right, so we have sources tonight just confirming to Ed Henry that, yeah, maybe Donald Trump wanted to fire the special counsel for conflict. Does he not have the right to raise those questions? You know, we'll deal with this tomorrow night.